0: This is Roleplaying Playing Public Radio, this is RPPR, episode 84, Murphy Rules. This is Ross Payton, and with me, as always, Tom Church.
1: Yeah, I noticed that the announcer voice didn't kick in right away. You actually had a few seconds of normal voice there. I know it's it's a. It, I, are you trying something new? I am trying something new.
0: It's an evolution of my I
1: of see. My process evolution is an ongoing process. It is, and it's beautiful.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, in this episode, we're going to be talking about the disconnect between game rules and game logic versus reality versus genre conventions. Uh, this comes from the infamous uh, Murphy's Rules, a uh, series of comics uh, for about role the foibles of role playing game uh, rules and uh we'll talk a little bit about some examples of what we're what i what I mean by that yeah. uh later on in the episode so uh, th- but first off we have some uh news of course yes uh, first off is the base raiders update as uh will be until I get the book done. Uh, so right now, uh, the book, the writing and the artwork is on schedule. Uh, I've been focused on that. However, the editing and the layout is behind schedule because the people I wanted to get to help me with the editing and layout have been busy with other commitments. Uh, so that doesn't mean the book, the book is still on schedule overall, but what it does mean is that I haven't had time to create a separate to version of the of the game text to send out to uh, people for the some of the people who wanted to play test it uh, because right now the, the the bulk of the rules i 've got over seventy five thousand words written of it uh, and including all the the game rules but that 's in a big Mess. It's kind of text, and there's there. I need to lay out. I'm not going to send out the play test without the tables and the chart so that you can actually read it and understand it. I just don't want to send it out as a huge, massive PDF of just Ross, text. Because
1: Ross is not that big of a monster. Well, <laughs> it
0: would be kind of a pain in the ass to read through, you know? Yeah, like, it would. Because especially with Strange Fate, there's actually a whole flow chart to figure out how your powers, uh, powers should be used. So there's that, and um, so. I don't have an ETA for the play test, but the book itself is uh, still on tasks to be printed to be released in July uh, of this year. So we're getting some great art. Uh, I've seen some; it looks really great. Yeah, we're we're I've been really fortunate to find some really great freelancers, and. So yeah, um, and if you've read Pariah, the short story, uh, please review it on Amazon. There, there's the short book ebook version of it, uh, and uh, we'll have some more material for you on the Kickstarter. Some more previews of the art and that kind of thing. But yeah, so uh, for those of you who want to playtest it, 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 you just have to wait a little longer, so I can have time to focus on because working on the playtest. It's time I'm not working on the book itself, if that makes sense. Because, yeah, I got you. Because I have to, I have to again make it look pretty so you guys can actually yeah. <laughs> read the playtest, and um, so that I'm sorry about that, but again, I my my I'm working. Uh, my part is okay, but I need the help of other people to do it. And there's just a lot of people very busy. The there's no high in team. I know. <laughs> uh, so don't worry, we're 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 still getting it done. Um, I also want to give out uh, a couple other things uh, news-wise. Uh, I want to thank the people who donate to RPPR. Uh, I've, you guys I've, rock! Yeah, because there there is uh, on if you know something RPPR main site there is a page where you can subscribe to RPPR for two dollars a month. And there's no benefit. It's just a way to show your support for that. And there are – there's not many – there's some people who do that. And I want to th- say thank you to all those who have been doing
1: that for a while. And, and I really appreciate it. it really helps uh, uh, you to You see, keep- Ross is a monster. And actual – you know th- praise is alien to him. It takes him a long time to work up the, <laughs> the will to do so. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. <laughs> You're
0: welcome, Ross. Uh, so <laughs> and that hurt, just saying thank you. So the – There you go. Uh, the, the, that, that little $2 every month, uh, helps pay for web hosting, domain name registration, uh, the Minecraft server, although I don't know if I'll, I'll renew it this year, uh, after this year, and uh, things of that nature. So, uh, I, Like WordPress themes and all this other stuff. So thank you for all that. And uh, let's see here. Other things. Um, raillery we're doing, I finally got our, a Roxio Game Capture HD device, which lets me capture footage from my Xbox 360 to... The computer. So Caleb and I are going to do a co-op playthrough of Dead Space Three. Now I need to get a new headset to actually capture us talking on it because apparently Mm -hmm. that's not saved. Like it saves the game video and audio, but not the fucking game chat. So, but there's a workaround for it, which is. But I need a head a new headset and cables, and it's just a thing. (laughs) So, like, sorry, Mr. Peyton. This can't be easy for you. No. Oh Nothing god. Will. This has been the most fucking painful. Oh, oh man. Just doing this. Okay. So I got the the, the capture device. Uh, it uses component or. HDMI, my old Xbox is actually one of the original Xbox 360s. It doesn't have HDMI out. So I was like, fine, I'll fucking do it in component video. So, uh, I, I set that up because I've been using the DVI import, uh, you know, the same thing used to hook up computer monitors. That's mm-hmm. how i get – getting But my original Xbox 360, uh, Red Rings. <laughs>
1: <laughs> one ring to fuck them all
0: like yeah i i i nursed that thing along as long as i could but it it finally gave in and i found out gamestop lets me trade in red ring xboxes so i had to get a new xbox and then i had to death space 3 had to renew my xbox live account and it's just been this huge hassle and also setting up the software and hardware configuring, make yeah. sure it works and
1: so, so yeah. you so you and caleb will be doing stuff with that yes uh and- I will too cuz I've actually ordered the last thing I need to do some stuff I was going to do on the Xbox. Yeah, and well, tell us about that. Uh it's going to be uh me it's going to be me playing Mortal Kombat the uh the newest one for the Xbox 360. Yeah. Which uh essentially it's going to be me like me doing you know, we'll just, figure
0: out exactly uh, what. We can do it online or you can yeah. do it single player. Uh, and
1: uh but I just, uh, but it, I couldn't do it, it I couldn't do it with the Xbox controllers cuz I was an arcade player back in the yeah. day of Mortal Kombat. You were a
0: a champion.
1: Yeah, with actually uh back when Aladdin's Castle, our the greatest arcade in Springfield was still there. <laughs> yeah, they actually had a citywide uh, tournament for Mortal Kombat 3 and I was in it and I won the whole thing. Did you get an award? I got, an, I got a. Uh, so you're
0: an award-winning Mortal Kombat player.
1: Yeah, I am. I got I got a ribbon. I got the a handheld Mortal Kombat game. <laughs> that, you know the, the old Namco type things.
0: Like for a Game Boy or no, like,
1: like an individual like L, 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 like LCD. Type oh, handheld oh, game. Oh! Wow! Oh! Wow! Yeah. yeah. And uh, oh, and I got a T-shirt and a hat. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So, uh, but I'll be doing that just with. You know, if
0: you had, if you still had that stuff, you could wear it now and be a
1: total hipster. I totally could. The problem is, it was clothing made to fit me as a teenager, ah, All which right. isn't such an option anymore. <laughs> okay. All but right. yeah, it'll be me playing that, and then just doing whatever kind of commentary, commentary, talking bullshit thing I want to do over it. Yeah, we'll we'll record it. So you're ordering the arcade controller for it. I so. have ordered it, yeah. and. Uh, Course it takes a while to get it there, but it is on the way. Yeah, so
0: we'll we'll have a lot of three sixty footage. If there are any other types of games you want us to to play on railery, uh, let us know if like I've been trying to experiment with railery whether we should do Really long playthroughs of, like, Aaron and mm-hmm. I did uh, the Portal 2 co-op campaign, mm-hmm. uh, one of their uh, DLC campaigns, Art Therapy, uh, or if I should do really short ones or in between. So I'm
1: oh, still I have, experimenting and, with And it. I have some more news. Oh, yeah. I would like to say that if you all remember the uh, old audio skits we used to do back in the day when, yeah. we, when we had a really good audio <laughs> editor who did all the work for us. yeah. Hi, Chris. Yeah, until you decide to join the Navy. Yeah, be productive. Jesus. Yeah, so, yeah, and serve your country. Just, but no, I, there, I will. I have. I will be doing some more of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, some more like GM and DM type great. things. Great, great, great. Some new fake commercials that I'm writing. Great. So we'll have some new comedy audio for you. Great. Uh, so that's in the pipeline.
0: Uh, other things in the pipeline. Uh, I have not forgotten the video camera we have. I'm actually planning to do a improv comedy web series uh, about. Uh, I'm doing it with Nathan Shelton, some other actors. Uh, It's going to be a little like The Office. I know that, uh, very original, right? But it's going to be the meetings of a Cthulhu cult. (laughs) <laughs> uh, only they're going to be like Robert Rules of Order uh, type meetings, and they're not very good at being a Cthulhu cult. Well, so, it, it takes work. It takes work exactly, and they're new to it. They're not. They don't. <laughs> know, they don't know all the rituals yet. They're kind of so. Uh, well, I'm 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 in pre production for that. I've got the the outline. I got an outline. got Nathan on board, and got some other actors on board. So uh, we're we'll we'll I'm gonna throw that out uh tom might show up for an episode or two yeah i might yeah. we i have we haven't i haven't got everything figured out yet we're working on building props anyway so that's that's in the pipeline as well um and then the final thing is uh unspeakable oath uh 22 is out which is a great call cthulhu slash horror magazine and this part- issue is fucking great because i my writing is in it oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, every episode every issue of the Unspeakable Oath ends with the a section called a message in a bottle which is like a one page short story that's supposed to be like a found document you know mm-hmm. that's supposed to imply something so i wrote something called the thing in the box and what is the thing in the box what is, is it, it is
1: it anything like a dick in the box no it's no far, different far, very different okay good
0: good so you need to i know you're going there i, I knew it was like you're gonna be like jason yeah knew, as soon as i said thing in the box, you're gonna be like uh tom's gonna do that Oh, you know me too well. I know. Uh, so that's that's there. Uh, so pick up that issue. There's a lot of other good stuff in there. Uh, there is uh, – I sent Shane Ivey a playtest uh, recording we did of Die High, which is a scenario in The Unspeakable Oath. Uh, the, it's, the, uh, uh, issue.
1: it's the high, high line – the power yeah. line workers, right?
0: Yeah. Well, High Rise in Chicago. I don't want to spoil anything else about it. Uh, I don't know when he's going to post it exactly, uh, but I sent it to him, so hopefully – by the time this episode goes up, you'll see that. And it's pretty – I haven't read the revised thing since the playtest. I don't know how how much they've changed it since then. So, anyway, that is a lot of news. Yeah, uh, But well, we, we do a lot of things. We like to keep you informed. Oh, no, wait. We, we totally forgot one thing. Uh, the No Evil Fan Creation Contest. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. We've been getting some great... entries have started trickling in, uh, and some
1: of them are just amazing. They, they, they actually all they're all amazing, but, I mean, but some are more amazing. Some just have. have some have literally blown me away. Yeah, that while we have we have talented people that listen to us, <laughs> very do. talented. You guys, just you guys
0: rock. rock. Uh, so yeah, there's been the 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 video of the the Eau de Pere, uh, preston oh de preston yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, which is just.
1: For the record, I... I just do- the idea was pretty brilliant. Yeah. Like uh, that was for the record. Uh, Preston never had a mustache. <laughs> well, but that's like I said. That's like a hypercorp to misrepresent yeah. you.
0: Yeah, fucking God, you can't I,
1: if you when you can't trust hypercorporations.
0: Who can you trust? Who can you trust? So we are, uh, but the, really thrilled for every entry that's coming yeah, in. Or
1: Caleb gonna, has actually said it's like Christmas every day.
0: Yeah, every time we get a new entry, it's really it's really nice. Now. Uh, I do want to revise the rules a little bit uh, in two ways. One, the, the, we will basically uh, – I'm extending the deadlines for the entries to be accepted uh, until two weeks after the last episode is posted. And when the last episode is posted, I'll, I'll have that exact date Sure. Posted. Uh, basically because I want to give people a chance to – Know how shit ended. Know how, well, mm-hmm. to incorporate what the, the end of the campaign is, ramifications, into their work. So if you're writing a story about what happens to Preston mm-hmm. or Jared, uh, uh, Gerard, or uh, Cyrock or whatever, uh, you want to hear how what happens at the end of the campaign. Uh, so – I'll give you or you want to do something based on the ending of the campaign, like what happens to them after the campaign or one of the characters. If they survive. Uh, so uh, that's the first change. Second change is I there will just be a first, third, second, uh, third place. But every entry, we have more than three posters left over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to know you both. So I'll just send out all the posters I have. So every copy we send out will be autographed by all of us. But we'll, we'll send out all the posters I have available to me. And we'll so every so even after the first the top three we'll send out to every every notable entry. So that's so that's another incentive. So don't think that because there are bad you, entries that you think are better, you can never match it. You, you won't have a chance of getting one of these posters. You will. This is yeah. This is this is about you guys and how awesome uh, No Evil is and r p r So anyway. awesome. So anyways, <laughs> you guys rock. Yes. Uh, so that's. That's in terms mm-hmm. of news, so uh, glad we <laughs> didn't forget that. So uh, let's get on to the main episode the the Murphy's rules. Murphy mm-hmm. rules. What what do we mean by that? Um, so this episode again was inspired by a thread I saw on the Something Awful forums in the traditional games uh, subforum where they're talking about Murphy's rules, and the whole idea is in game rules. There's there's a disconnect between the game rules, the genre, that the game is supposed to emulate, and reality itself. Mm-hmm. And you know, movies obviously we we catch that like these kind of the difference between genre and reality pretty easy. Like that guy, that guy, uh, fifty guys are shooting James Bond. They're gonna fucking hit him. He's not gonna he's not gonna be that you know mm-hmm. uh, uh, bulletproof or, or you know he's not he's they're not all gonna miss. Um, but in game rules, there, there's this third layer, and that that's where because the game rules are meant to emulate the genre and reality to a certain degree. And uh, the problem is people don't really. Think of every you. You game designers can't think of every single instance or uh, it's a scenario. Yeah, or, scenario. Yeah. So you have these things. So uh, the the examples I read were all for the third edition. D and D or 3.5 Pathfinder compatible because that's it's been around a while, so there's been a lot of
1: people have had a chance to pick it apart and and there's
0: well it's also because of all so many fucking supplements for it. I mean the core if you just have the three game rule you know the core books yeah you're not really too bad but then you get things like well sometimes it does get bad like the knowledge religion uh, knowledge checks like you have to make to identify a monster you have to make a knowledge check based Mm -hmm. on the appropriate skill and the DC is based on the hit dice of the monster. It was like ten plus the hit dice of the monster for like uh, divine creatures, you know, angels or demons, yeah. that kind of thing. And- so
1: like the terras could be really hard to identify. Right, exactly. Uh, but what it
0: really comes – the really – the what the fuck part, the Murphy's Rule comes part, and when you take a priest, max knowledge in religion, uh, blah, blah, blah. But then his – so a priest of Palor, and then Palor appears in the flesh. Palor's got like 50 hit dice, So the DC is going to be like 40 or 50. So you can – Palor's like, behold my child. And it's like, like – Who are you? Who the fuck are you? I, I don't know.
1: Uh, I mean you're very shiny, yes.
0: Yeah. but. <laughs> So, the, you have these people just walking in this constant existential crisis, wondering about what they, they can't, commoners can't like, identify uh, like, themselves.
1: Well, like, like, would I know my God if I saw him? Well, and it's
0: not just that. Commoners, a level like, one, who am I? Yeah, a level one commoner <laughs> wouldn't have the skill ranks to identify himself, you know, because that would still be a DC 10 <laughs> or 12, uh, DC 11, I, uh, uh, a knowledge check, and you don't, the, Commander's not going to have ranks in that he's not going to have a bonus to intelligence no, he's
1: too busy with this plow
0: <laughs> yeah exactly it's like you could tell him he was an elf and he's like oh i well, guess i, guess I, I am <laughs> an elf you know uh so that's the first kind of disconnect uh, then there's another one uh, the jump lomancer and <laughs> this can really be done with any skills but i think it's best with jump and basically the idea is you work up your jump Skill to an absurd level, and it's very possible to do that. You know, the the, the build that's in mentioned the, the thread has like a bonus of plus three hundred and seventy, and a plus three hundred and seventy jump. You could jump, just take a running start and jump 900 feet straight up in the air. And it takes you a minute to land because of how the falling rules work. And then the thing is, there's a way, uh, there's a skill trick or some way to use another skill as a substitute for diplomacy. And the thing (laughs) is, to get a a neutral or even a fanatic, uh, someone who fucking hates you, to be a fanatically loyal follower is still like DC 60. So with a plus 370, you basically... Basically, run up to a crowd of orcs, jump, and come back down (laughs) a minute later, and they all fucking love you. Would die for you. (laughs) Yeah, they would die for you. And I just imagine that—that explains Michael (laughs) Jordan in Space Jam. But you know, still, that—that's like holy shit. And then the best one though is the locate city nuke. Uh, there is basically a way for a level 7, level seven wizard mm. to take a level 1 divination spell, locate city, with an area of effect of like 10 miles per level. Right. Uh, so 70 miles. And basically take a certain chain of feats to turn that into a, a cold spell, then a damaging spell. The effect does two points of damage to everything in the area. Uh, so you, and then make that electric, and then make that energy, and, and then, then make, that, and make that exploding. So, and 1d6 damage per 10 feet of, you know, area of effect, So you're doing, like, 39,600 This, is a, this Z- is a
1: Dragon Ball Z, <laughs> giant, you know, planet-destroying It is, because 70,
0: like, depending on how you interpret the spell, if it's, is it 70 miles in a plane? Or you a
1: 70-mile sphere?
0: Yeah, 70-mile sphere, because then you're going into the fucking mantle and, you know, exposing molten lava, as a, so that's a doomsday spell. <laughs> it's level seven. Well, it's a level one spell. It's a level mm. seven character can mm. do it, so. So that's so again. These are the kind of things Murphy Murphy's rules are about. Uh, and like, the, hey,
1: that's a nice, nice world he got there. Yeah, be a shame if something were to happen
0: to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, and then the, the, like the, the classic example is, you know, in GURPS, minus minus ten to fight in the dark. You know, minus mm-hmm. 10, okay, it's hard to fight in total sure, darkness. Sure, yeah, yeah. uh, The penalty to fight while you're on fire is minus six. So if you're in total darkness, just take that fire dam and, and set you, yourself on fire and you're, you'll be better but, off. So that's kind of eh, minor thing. So, so we yeah. have this disconnect between games, reality and game rules. So sure. um, I know that that's come up a lot of times in
1: your games too. Well, particularly, you know, I played palladium. Yeah. So yeah, there's, Oh, so many things. Yeah. and, a lot of times, yeah, the game does it to itself. Right. Depending on the palladium. And you know, just a simple one, you know I actually I tried Recon, which was just the Palladium modern combat system. Really Vietnam, but yeah. Yeah, Vietnam particularly, but it's for any war zone. Yeah. With guns. Yeah. And uh the players it was weird as with the uh, these were players that knew palladium, of course, so yeah. they were actually like before they were going into battle. Yeah. They were playing like all right, it was, all right, like says so the first fifteen seconds, I know you can do five things in fifteen seconds. You can do four things in fifteen seconds. So here's what I want you guys to do in the first fifteen seconds of this combat. They were planning by you know combat round, which is right. fifteen seconds. Right. And going by number of attacks per melee round. Like and they were even doing with the enemy. Like, all right, it's like all right. We know the enemy is not nearly as experienced as us. So They could probably only do like two or three things per fifteen seconds. (laughs) So I say first first things we just defend and duck and cover for the first three things in this fifteen seconds, and then afterwards they couldn't they can't respond. So that's when we lay into them with burst fire. (laughs) <laughs> That's the Yeah, you don't really see Niz. I've never seen I've I mean and I've CLT watched movies. Yeah. I've watched a lot of movies and I've actually seen a few um, you know, actual scenes of like, you know, the reporters behind, you know, w- embedded with our troops and they're yeah. doing some strategizing thing. I've never seen that happen.
0: Yeah, and they were like charge, let them shoot at us until they're out of actions. <laughs> yeah, and then return fire because then they can't dodge, you yes. know. Uh yeah, that that <laughs> that's a, that's a very good example of this kind of disconnect uh so the question is you know there there there's a couple problems that come up with this one is when you're game master and you're wanting to run something usually like i want to run a dark horror game i want to mm-hmm. run modern combat i want to run a genre basically yeah. and when players do that it kind of breaks your immersion as the gm not to mention the players to like not they're not
1: playing that genre they're playing the game the genre of the game and actually and yeah uh, I see people that play a lot of D&D seem to have that seems to be what I've noticed they have the worst yeah. when you try to when like when a lot of like D&D players and you try to send them somewhere else
0: yeah. they're
1: they're still operating on that you know Tolkien fantasy type thing
0: Yeah I mean in uh yeah I mean the typical thing like in Lord of the Rings, you have characters that, you know, they, they fight, and they, the battle lasts hours, and they, you know, it's a very epic thing. They have long journeys, blah, blah, blah. They only rest at the end of a day mm-hmm. of marching, but in D&D, like, wake up. Let's go marching, you know. All right, so we're in the forest. Oh, we fight giant spiders. All right, the wizard cast all his fireball spells. Let's sleep for eight hours. So, the, mm-hmm. you know, the wizard... There's no monsters around, so let's wait for the wizard to get his spells back. Which doesn't like you'd order. There's like Gandalf's like, hold up, dude.
1: Yeah, Gandalf can just do whatever. Gandalf just does things. Yeah,
0: he doesn't say, "Hold up, bros, I need, I got- my, I need, to, <laughs> I need my spells back. You know? I, I need, I need to rest for the next eight hours. Yeah, I need to rest for the next. Uh, so that that that's kind of like it it becomes its own thing it's a different genre of fiction i mean it's like lord of the rings versus order of the stick mm-hmm. and not you know you can't do drama and stuff like that but it it's kind of a, a mind shift. so i mean the first off how how much of that is that 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 happens i think i think we both agree that that happens a lot in a lot of games mm-hmm. um, but you know is that a even a problem i mean what do you think
1: it depends i once i once again think this kind of comes down to who you're playing with how long you've been playing together. Yeah. If it's this, I mean, a lot of times, even if you're moving to a wildly different system, if it's still the same people you've gamed with for a long time, yeah. I really think even, I think even as, especially as a GM, you're, you're going to be able to deal with it and, mm. and them because you just know them. Yeah. I think it's more of a problem when you're like, you know, you're like, I don't know about a guest GM or you're, in a, you're going to a new group because yeah. like one of them's like, Hey, it's like, Hey, could you run this game for my group? I don't think they've ever done that, which I've done a few times. Yeah. Yeah, that's when I think it's more when, when like these players are you know you're not too familiar with them yet, and or you're doing a system or a genre that's wildly different than what they've been doing for a long time. Yeah, you know like RPG, like I think our crew it's not much of a problem. We play all kinds of different things. Yeah, but there, yeah, there's some groups that have never played anything but D and D. Right, this is true. And when the, you do that in Call of Cthulhu, you know you can't like because you know like. Like come on in D and D, like you encounter a monster. Your first list. Like, all right, let's strategize. How? All right, all right. it's like what's well, this is thing? What's its weaknesses? What do we know about yeah. this? In Call of Cthulhu, the monster. A lot of times, monsters are like it's going to kill you if you stand your ground. Yeah. It's like does so, so uh, we have to. Die. No, no, it's just going to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, especially like Cthulhu shows up. One d four of you are going to not be there after this. One d six. One d six. Is it one d six? I I'm believe sorry. it's one d
0: six. Uh I mean we could refer to the rules but But eh. that that
1: would require us to go pick up a book. Yeah. That's right behind
0: you. But yeah yeah yeah. But anyway the it's the same point, you know. Mm. Uh, I mean, that's a good point. You know, once you, once you get used to the players, you know, like, you could, and then if, if you know your group well, you can adjust it to achieve, like, uh, 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 the effect that you want. I mean, intent matters too. Like, yes. Uh, for like the Tokyo game, like, I'm running Knights Black Agent right now. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about this more in the anecdotes, by the way, but there's three now, three campaigns. Indeed. Here. Three. Uh, mm-hmm. there. So my campaign, Knights Black Agent, was, you know, Vampire Espionage, set in Tokyo. And so I kind of am, making changes a little bit to, to accommodate you guys. Uh, like for example, Jason, like in the first session I used, made sure I had lots of Japanese names for all the characters. Mm mm-hmm. And so, uh, which is very much a genre. You're in fucking Tokyo. Everyone's Japanese. And but Jason was like, I can't keep track of all these Japanese names. And so I'm like, All right, I'll start coming up with nicknames of these characters that are easier for you to remember. So the next Mm. session will be a little more like that. So I'm sort of adjusting it so he can stay immersed, and so we can still have, even though it wouldn't be you know quite as accurate per se. Yeah. And then another thing is you know like. I'm basing a lot of my text of this game on the book. I mentioned in previous episodes, speed tribes, which was written in the nineties and I'm setting it though. In 2013, I don't know how much of that, you know, information about the Yakuza, the, you know, where they hang out, what kind of crimes they do is it's accurate. You know, I think, mm-hmm. you know, like I actually read a line that, uh, one element in my game, uh, the Bosuzuku, which are motorcycle street gangs, aren't as nearly as popular as they used to be, you know, mm-hmm. like they've, they've been declining in membership. So, that 's slightly anachronistic, but you know who cares they 're cool, yeah they 're cool, exactly yeah. so i 've done
1: the same thing with names too, like, yeah. remember divine fire, I had a mm-hmm. lot of German and a ger- lot of German names, oh yeah, but I just eventually just okay he that 's the corporal, that 's the captain, the colonel, yeah. the doctor,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, functional names, and then that 's. You know, adjusting it so the players can stay immersed, and so you get you're trying to get more of what you're like. You know, again, it, a lot of it also depends what you're trying to do is what you what you're trying to do as a game master. You know, what, what kind of effect? I think game masters have different goals in mm-hmm. mind, which is a big thing. Like some like I want to scare my players. All right, I want to have a good time. I want to tell this kind of story. I want to do this type of game. You know, they have different types of goals, and so you have to think about what what it is and how you're going to go about it. And that's obviously a lot easier
1: yeah to do is. with
0: people you know. Um, but yeah, new players, uh,
1: that's always a challenge regardless. Yeah, I think,
0: but, and new players, I think are also going to be more likely to go into all players though. I think they, they're ultimately, their ultimate authority is always going to be the game rules. Mm -hmm. You know, you can say, well, why are you doing this? Well, why are you resting now? Even though it's fucking nine o'clock in the morning, you just woke up. Yeah. I had spiders attack you, you know, 20 minutes after you woke up, but you have a whole fucking day. fuck that i want my spells back we don't have a time limit right no we can there's no other monsters nearby because those giant spiders yeah we're not out of schedule yeah there's no like all the other monsters were eaten up by the spiders right well yeah obviously you know so there's nothing in miles around us so let's fucking sleep because i don't want to fucking fight and have another encounter i want to reload yeah i want to reload so (laughs) they're gonna the players are gonna want to stick to it. it's
1: basically spending eight hours to reload your artillery
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so, but they're, they're not gonna, even though it doesn't make sense from a genre perspective, they're gonna refer to that because that's what's gonna ultimately matter is mm-hmm. whether or not their characters can do something. That's measured in game mechanics, game yeah. rules, not in genre like, if, if they did go on that march it, without the spells and then, you know, 12 hours later, as they're about to, you know, seven hours later, they, they, they are, they're they at a ridge and orcs attack and the wizard, they all get killed and be like, well, we didn't have fireball spells, you know, because...
1: The wizard's like, I can't do it. Yeah, I can't do
0: it. We're <laughs> fucked. So, and then the game master looks at you. Well, well, that's you you you, you know. should have rusted. <laughs> yeah, it kind of sucks. Uh, so... There, Most of the time, though, it, 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 it kind of depends on the genre, too, like and what, what type of game you're doing, whether this is, I,
1: like... Uh, I want to say superhero genres, it's not so much of a problem, because really, anything yeah. really goes in those.
0: Yeah, unless you're... Well, if you're doing a really
1: stylized... Okay, like, like you know, like your Age of Masks game right. was very s- stylized and specific. Yeah. But I'm talking like just to straight up, you know... Marvel. Marvel, D-D-C. DC. Yeah. You into Masterminds. Really, at that point... Any logic will eventually work. When you get, yeah. when you can do aliens, mystics, super soldiers, cyborgs in the same game, really. At this point, like, do we do we really care about physics and every and shit? Yeah, um,
0: yeah I know you you were talking about earlier really, about RJ's character in, uh, Me and mutants.
1: Yeah, the um, he had a character that it had uh, basically the perception powers that he could essentially perceive anything around him for miles down to the molecular level. Yeah. So essentially, he just knew what was going on all around him at all times. Yeah. So it was you were running the game, though. Right? I was running yeah. the game. It's probably a game that won't see the light of day. It did not last long. We we did a couple of sessions of it,
0: but again, it's just kind of like our queue is so backed up as it is. I kind of yeah. like get the games out that the people want. But it's you know?
1: essentially I couldn't surprise him with anything. Like no plot points could be unexpected because he just picked up. He picked up. He could pick up conversation going on across the city yeah so it it was really it was one of those things like I really I, it was one of the times I just gave up as a GM because like alright I'm not going to be able to really do anything here yeah because in the superhero genre a character might have that power like Superman
0: has that power mm-hmm. basically but they always come up with some MacGuffin to say well yeah, Lex Luthor L- like, built a oh, thing that- oh, he's,
1: he he has a lead lined bunker so yeah, Superman exactly. can't see yeah. through
0: uh, so like, that's why and you
1: know. R- but RJ really didn't have anything that he was that yeah. made him unable to do so
0: right so the writer always has control over that, and Superman. It's not like Superman's going like, I totally should have been able to hear you. That's bullshit. You know, like what <laughs> who's he going to argue to? Uh, but players always can always uh, argue. You know, uh, uh, they can. appeal their case to God,
1: basically. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: Like what the fuck, GM? What, what's going on? Yeah. So,
1: and my point. I should have read the power that I when I was reviewing characters more closely. But. Yeah, and
0: yeah, and that is, that's kind of the challenge of the superhero genre is that there's a very weak disconnect between the genre and the game rules. But in, in most genres, there's a much more thing.
1: Yeah, actually, I'll say Mutes and Masterminds, if I may speak cool about them for a moment. Yeah. And actually in the, at least in the third edition book that I have, no, second edition, third edition, I haven't bought yet, but they, they actually have a few like little disclaimers put up against certain powers. Like one of them is quickness, which allows you to do long, complicated f- tasks in a much shorter time. Right. At a, it says at certain ranks, you could actually like disassemble a car in a second. <laughs> And not just destroy it, but like, take it apart to its component right, right. pieces. And he says, so like, this power is potentially game-breaking. or uh, and, it's, 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 and it's why we will never have this. And this does not mean you can land 8.5 million punches on your opponent's body <laughs> in 0.5 seconds. Right. Because that would break the game. Yeah. So in some cases, they actually mentioned, like, hey, be wary of players taking these particular powers. We threw them in because it wouldn't be a complete comic book right. superhero game if we didn't. But be wary of them. So, yeah, I mean,
0: that's the thing. So that's why it's a problem mm-hmm. is when the game rules basically in the way the game itself. Uh, and when, you know, sometimes it's the players who fucking, you know, come up with some solution you didn't think of. And you're you're like, well, well, fuck that kind of I mean, and that, that that's one that's a perfectly acceptable way of ending. is mm-hmm. like, well, this game's screwed. You know, let's it's better to just pull the plug and try something else than mm-hmm. to keep going on something that's, you know, that structurally unsound, basically. Uh, at least I don't know but no, the,
1: I, I'm the same way it's, I was a little more I was I should have ended it after that first session yeah but I go I in like or I think re, one, yeah redo character creation. I think I I think I went like one set one more session and otherwise I was like no I'm done yeah this is just not gonna work
0: so the, I mean but that's obviously disappointing you don't want to do that every you don't you, you can't just give so up so I think
1: yeah it's, and I, I didn't I should have like there should have been more discussion back and forth when creating characters and yeah I should have paid more attention to it just Things communication. Mm-hmm. Once again, I, an experienced group should do that all always. Right,
0: But, you know, it's going to happen sooner or later somebody will find some loophole or some way to do this, especially in, in, not just in superheroes but in mm-hmm. fantasy genres. Any time where characters have access to supernatural powers.
1: And I would actually say, and that's once again where a cohesive group comes through because yeah. then you can go, hey, dude, um, this this is really not yeah, gonna work. Just more
0: of the social contract,
1: like you know, try and go See, reach a compromise. Non- non- or just like, hey, group. like, do you think you could, you know, just not do this or something? Right. Nine um, times out of ten, if they're a close group, it's not gonna be a problem.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, the thing is, um, there's always gonna be the case, like the invisible wizard, 400 feet overhead, raining down fireballs, and so all your fights either have to be geared towards the wizard, mm-hmm. or you kind of have to ignore the wizard and. That 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 kind of situation I don't know comes up a lot. Well, I mean, sometimes you know what do you do when one character is far more effective than the others, mm-hmm. um, one who's mastered the rules or something like that. So there, and 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 that and that and that's a problem I think sometimes. It, well, again, it depends on the group. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes the players won't mind if the wizard wizard does all the heavy lifting or whatever, uh, but. You know, for me, one of the things I do aside from just talking to them is try to revise the rules, make new rulings. Basically, say, "All right," f-, and and players don't like that because it's kind of not fair. But you kind of have to do it every once in a while. Of the, "All right," so you've been able to do this mm-hmm. combo of skills or powers or whatever. Feats and- yeah, and it's been really good for you so far. But from now on, it no longer works. It works like this. You know, you just have to make a new ruling, just house ruler or whatever, saying it doesn't work you know and yeah. some, uh, and then the 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 way you placate players is like all right if that's unfair to your character you can sort of redesign your character to a certain degree you can pick new spells if you're a wizard mm-hmm. uh you can redistribute your points a little bit if you're a superhero
1: yeah. and uh, uh and if, but if that and if they kind of refuse to do that, you can also create new enemies that can negate the, what what they're doing.
0: Yeah, kind of like a grudge monster kind of mm-hmm. thing. Like I'm, <laughs> oh, you're you're dragon man. Well, I'm dragon slayer. Fuck you, dragon man. You know, and you mm-hmm. go after him. I mean, and that and that's and that's fine. That you know, again, you don't want to be too vindictive about that. But you,
1: you don't you don't want to make it a pissing contest right. between you, the player, and the GM. Right. That's because first just, of all, the GM's going to win because well, he's yeah. the GM. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, nobody really wins in those because no, nobody's cause then, having fun, and it just gets awkward and tense around the table. And you're like, and then you finally uh, have to like,
1: hey, let's take a break and watch a movie or something. Yeah, and,
0: that's that's no fun. Um, so the and sometimes it's unlimited, and you know, a lot of times I think it's usually like one player figure figured out there was a little better, and he figures out that one thing. Sometimes it's the entire group, and you just all stumble upon a situation that. Is like holy shit! This does not make sense at all, mm-hmm. and like you're talking about the Star Wars game with the freighter. Right?
1: Oh my god! I know we we might I think we've mentioned this before, but it certainly is valid to what we're talking about now. Yeah. It was the game we were running uh, back at MSU, and uh, we were playing. It was Star Wars. I think it was not Saga. It was like the D20 edition. Yeah, and we were we were in a freighter running from you know trying to get you know work at we had like we had to flee like two or three rounds. All this Star Destroyer is bearing down on us before we can jump to hyperspace and escape. And of course, we're we're players. I believe David was the one who said, Well, it says like, okay, we got two rounds. Can we, you know, can we like fire back at this thing for the two rounds? He's like, Oh yeah, yeah, sure. You guys can, you know, make shots if that's what you want to do. I think it was from like, Oh, okay, I guess you guys don't want to don't wanna just be Hoping like, okay, come on, can our pilot do successful roles for two rounds? Like, we want to be involved. Yeah. So I think every every player who was not flying the ship grabbed a weapon, you know, yeah. like a weapon station on a on the freighter. I think it was heavily like, armed freighter. Well, for a freighter, it was like it was like three turbo laser batteries and uh, torpedo two to- and a torpedo launcher. in back.
0: so okay, four weapons. Yeah. It
1: was like I think it was, I, they believe it was four, and we had each of us had two rounds of combat. So I believe it was like. What what uh, version of Star Wars was this? This was the D20, standard D20 before, before saga, before saga. Okay. So, all of us like, you know, all the players who weren't flying, who were and were really like were combat characters, yeah. took weapons and we had two rounds of combat while this thing was bearing down on us. And all across the table became crit, you know, crit, crit. And when it was all tallied up, we had done enough damage to completely destroy <laughs> the star destroyer chasing us which in itself sounds cool but when you think about it the i used if i may use a world war II example yeah. this would be that would be like a pt boat utterly destroying the yamato in the pacific <laughs> you know it's like you know the, this you know the largest battleship that was ever built chasing down a pt boat and the pt boat firing its rear mounted weapons brings it down <laughs> i'm yeah. sorry i there is simply no physics in the world that would allow that to happen. <laughs> it's like atomic PG boat, yeah. Uh, so you
0: have these kind of massive disconnects, and the what do you do in a situation like that? You know, as a mm-hmm. player, or as a GM.
1: Well, uh, I remember what Matt did. He said, yeah. "Okay, no, there is no way that you're <laughs> going to destroy this. I will say you have disabled it." Yeah. And the other group was cool with that. Yeah, you know. He says as you know you can disable it. You however like you cannot turn around to try to finish it off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because its weapons still work. Yeah. All right. And we and the group we realize that okay, we the, the the group rallied around like, okay, we're with you. We understand. <laughs> we will like we will always talk about this forever and eternity. But we will like for the sake of the story, we will We will escape like we planned.
0: Right. And that was a good group. And
1: we, of course we joked like, you know, when Vader came on board to determine, he's like, 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 who failed is like, who failed. And he would actually be the one time he would step on board the ship and say, like, and look at the captain who failed. Like, no, no, this was fucked up. You get a pass. You get a pass this time today. Like, like all of you get a pass and a day off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That, that, that was, that's
0: fucked. Come back Monday. We'll uh, regroup.
1: Uh, Uh, Have some motivational speakers. Yeah, good. Yeah, <laughs> developers <sorry>. are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, It's just like, yeah, but yeah. It, but once again, I, I think it's that shows that if a group's uh, works well together and they're you know and they hang out, they do well together. You can overcome things like that when they pop up,
0: right? Uh, so the, these can be, yeah. So, I mean, the main thing is obviously just, you know, working with your players, knowing who they are, and, uh, coming to a mutually agreed upon solution, which is obviously mm-hmm. yeah, every problem in gaming is best done that way, except for assholes who just need to be kicked out, you know. Which, that, it's, which is a totally different. Topic. It,
1: it hasn't happened to me very often, like once or twice, but, yeah. But the,
0: it kind of raises a larger question, too. So, you know, these, these kind of situations come up, you kind of band aid, you know, patch mm-hmm. around them, uh, Deal with them, but the question is more of like what should be done in general. What's a, what, what's a better policy? Is it better to, I mean, in, in a case where you have this incongruous situation, what's what what do you look for to guidance? Do you look to reality? Do you look to the genre, or do you look to the game rules? I mean, what is your ultimate authority? Uh, you know, obviously, in a Star Wars game. That answer should probably be fucking the Star Wars movies. Yes. You know? you're trying to emulate fucking Star Wars. You're playing a game called Star Wars. Play Star Wars. You know, mm.
1: so. uh, and we're even, like we're like even the best pilot in the galaxy, Han you know, Solo, right, wasn't about to go turn and take on a star destroyer, right? And I mean, granted, he do it. He do it as a trick to maneuver, and then you know, latch onto the back of the bridge tower, which is cool, right? But he had no thought in his mind. You know, if I score just eight perfectly timed hits, I could destroy that thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly. So, but then, you know, in in games that aren't, Absolutely modeled on one particular work of fiction Mm -hmm. uh, or reality, like you know your recon game. uh, You know you what do you what do you look for or in a a generic D and D or Pathfinder fantasy type game? Like what 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 do you refer to, Tom? What what is your preference? Are you trying to emulate genre? Are you trying to get reality, whatever that is? Are you trying to well? If if the game rules produce the situation, do you ultimately accept? Like you know. Order the stick. You re- you reorder yeah, the yeah, stick. I, so you know what I'm getting at. You no, know,
1: I more go genre. Yeah, and um, you No, know, and like, like in the case if I if I was running a game where some player came up with the detect city nuke. Yeah, I just go no, 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 no level seven wizard's going to do is ever going to do that. I'm sorry. If you were a level twenty wizard, I still would be reluctant, but I would actually entertain the idea. But no, not. You are a fairly experienced wizard. you are not goku, sorry, <laughs>
0: but I mean, yeah, an obvious or the jump lo
1: answer mm-hmm. like
0: what if it, even if it wasn't at game breaking levels? What if the guy just had like a plus did something that was incongruous but not necessarily game breaking like a plus forty to his jump score and, and it, use,
1: using that for i the might, i would system. make it to i could i I could see that not in changing their you know attitude of you from hostile to fanatical, yeah. But I could say you could use it as like an impress or an intimidate check to – you know to essentially get them to back down for if it's orcs and they get them to back down to try to kill you
0: well I mean the, the rules as written say it could be used as a substitute for a diplomacy check so like I mean the thing is if, if you let a guy who does that you know he only but, let's just say he only does that he doesn't use mm-hmm. any other rules to get it he just maxes out his jump score he takes skill focused jump and he takes that one feat that lets him use it as diplomacy uh, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense you know from a genre point of view that a guy who's no. really good at jumping can impress people like that
1: no well the thing is, I I would ask him, like, explain to me how this would work. They would go from wanting to kill you... And then so you want jump. a genre... Yeah, I would want a genre thing. Like, if you can explain that to me, and it's going to have to be a really good explanation, mm. Now, I would say that like, if you were wanting to use it as a diplomacy, not to make them fanatical, but just to maybe get them to not want to attack you. Like, get them to... like, I could, just, I would let them go from, like, hostile to neutral. You know, we're like, all right, hey, let's back off here. I don't know what the hell that was, but... <laughs> We don't know what else this guy might be able to do.
2: There you go. But
1: never, I would never have it. And suddenly, they love you, unless they have like some kind of legend, like there will come a day when the when the man who leaps into the sky, like will like, is like will become leader to us all. Well, that
0: raises an uh, interesting question, and that's you know, at what point? How much do you collaborate with the player? Like, if the player does this, and he does some backstory about he's basically Michael Jordan, but an, you know, an elf, mm-hmm. uh, and he 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 does all this
1: work. How, do you meet him halfway? Do you start like adjusting your game to like? I will. Um, I mean, if he really has it in his background. I mean, he if he if this if it's obviously it didn't just come. I just thought of this right this moment. <laughs> right. But if he actually told me, like, when we started the game, you know, because I always encourage players to come up with some backstories. Because that's, yeah, yeah like like, I like, actually, I kind of like to have stuff to work with in the game that's personal to them. I always I always find players, if it's something personal, personal to their characters, yeah. they really get into it. Yeah. So I encourage them to do that. And if he had done that, I would have, all right, all right. Yeah. I might, it says, I might work, I'll work with you on this. You know, maybe if we could just hold off from doing it right this second, so maybe where I could pause the game, like, all right, come talk to me for a second, for a moment here. Yeah, I'd work with them. Yeah, but if it just popped out of nowhere, no, I, I would allow it to happen as far as I think the game, the game itself would allow. Yeah, but then I would not. But if it, if I could tell what was like, oh, if I let this go all the way, it's gonna, we're gonna have, we're gonna have a, a broken, sunken game here. Yeah, I would not. Okay, so you're you're more concerned with the overall health of the game. Yes, um, and I guess I usually go by genre more than I do yeah. rules. Okay, and All once again, right. as you know, while fantasy is usually not my thing, yeah, it is one where I find I have the most leeway. Yeah, because with it, with you know, I think only superhero games have more. Yeah, because with you know, magic and you know, fantastic fantastical things, I you can allow a lot more to go. Yeah. It, um,
0: that's a good point. We'll talk about other genres, like horror, for example. Uh, the Murphy's Rules thread. I actually mentioned some of the incongruous things about, like Call of
1: Cthulhu. Oh, surely there's nothing on
0: that. Act, Call of Cthulhu isn't too bad, but unless you look into a couple things about the damage mm-hmm. of various attacks, and the the thing is that the what the, what they pointed out was. Uh, the martial arts rule, mm-hmm. uh, which allows you to do double damage with you know martial art attacks, uh, if you roll under your martial arts percentage as well as your the percentage of your attack. So a kick does one d six damage, which becomes two d six damage uh, with martial arts,
1: which is about as much as a nine millimeter slug. Which exactly.
0: Think. Well, more than that actually, because um, like a forty five or uh, a nine millimeter does one d ten. So you're actually doing potentially slu- more damage than a bullet. Yeah. Well, on average, more damage than the bullet. And mo- maximum damage, more damage. You know, better damage, period. 2d6 is better than 1d10. Uh, the, but the, it, And then, of course, uh, if you add in strength bonuses, then it can get up to be 3d6. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. Uh, and then, uh, of course, burst fire weapons do a ridiculous amount of damage, too. Which actually, no, I wouldn't... They mention that as being ridiculous, but it's kind of like... If someone
1: fires an MP five at you on a yeah, turn. Yeah,
0: ten rounds of MP five is gonna ruin your day. Yeah. So, and your day is over. Yeah. I uh, would not the uh, so what do you do in that those kind of situations? Uh, like you know, we we encountered that in Cthulhu Invictus when unarmed attacks or melee attacks were more effective in killing a dark young you mm-hmm. know, than they were, uh, than firearms would have been. Because many character creatures in Call of Cthulhu are immune or highly resistant, uh, to impaling attacks, which are sure what bullets. bullets are. Yeah. Uh, but they're not so resistant like slashing. Yeah. Slashing to normal melee attacks. So you're like your character who had. The Centurion. Yeah. The Centurion was really tough and really strong and had a good sword and blah, blah, blah. He was doing a lot of damage with his attacks. Uh, so what, what do you do with that? You know, like how do you deal with incongruous stuff in non like. Cosmic genres, not like fan- high fantasy and superheroes, are kind of like their own thing because you're breaking mm-hmm. the laws of physics on a regular basis. But in you know more toned down like horror genre, scenarios know, horror or well, recon or you know, well,
1: in the case okay in the I would comment. say like in the case of you know bullets not being as effective, yeah, I can actually kind of see that because I love me some horror movies, <laughs> yeah, and very rarely is a gun effective, yeah. I mean, it's usually. You know, usually when you like when someone's shooting a gun at the monster or whatever, it's just to show really how badass this thing is and kill them. They don't actually usually end up killing the monster until they start you know creating some kind of trap, which almost inevitably involves stabbing it, impaling it. So in some respects, you know, in, like in Call of Cthulhu, that would actually make sense. Okay, guns, because I think guns are more for killing other people. It seems to be more kind of you know kind more of more hordes of things, or hordes of things. You know, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's more hordes of things. But in the case if it's like a singular creature, yeah, in a, in a horror movie, guns usually are not effective at all, right? It's you know, they, they, they you know the well, right? Okay, right. Okay, okay. Actually, so my, you're you're fairly okay. On the- actually, even in some action, like to, if I use my use one of my favorite movies, yeah, Predator. Yeah. Do you remember? You know, when everyone they like when. Uh, What's it? Oh, what, when Jesse Ventura gets killed, suddenly they all all the rest just line up and just you know uh, Bill Dukes opening up with that minigun. Arnold yeah, has yeah. the M sixteen. Everyone's just firing hundreds and hundreds of rounds. And what it does proves is we can wound it. Yeah, it doesn't die until he drops a tree log on him.
2: <laughs>
1: so the you know what, I mean, and Arnold didn't start actually really fighting this thing until he lost his gun. Then suddenly he's actually. Yeah, effectively yeah. fighting it, right? So I think it's it's the case with you know like with horror movies and games. Mon- you know, guns are more to give you assault, a false sense of security. Okay. You know, I think genre wise, I'm using the right, genre right. here. You know, yeah, you, you you don't actually start fighting the monster until the guns away, and you realize you have to you know, you're, you're going to have to go up close if you really want to fight this right. thing. So that's when you you know that's when you get like the sharpened lead pipe out or something. Right. Right. Right.
0: Uh, or use one of the monsters' traps against it if exactly. You know. So, or you know, c- or you
1: create a trap to right. you know, catch it or right. kill it.
0: So yeah, there, so you're you're firmly on the side of the genre, like taking most of the time. Or, I take the genre side. So yeah. uh, you you do whatever you can to get it to to your vision of the genre. So uh, you know, for me, I like getting. Uh, uh, so I, I mean, I am that way. It, well, it depends on what I'm trying to do. Every every game, mm-hmm. I'm trying to do something different. Uh, you know, in here's a new Arcadia. I wanted a sandbox superhero game sure so i kind of wanted to see what you guys would do and what you would want to do i also want to do more of like uh uh a challenge of the genre like the, the whole the idea of the superhero setting being a static setting where nothing changes you know despite the existence of super science and shit like that you guys were like no fuck it we're gonna <laughs> fabricate shit and make this into a transhuman utopia Woo! you know
1: which i think i think we well the group as a whole loves doing stuff
0: like yeah that. yeah and I, I and so i i we we encourage that and I I think that's kind of a good idea. I think well, it's a good idea if you want to do that, but for like my nice bike aging game, I definitely want to get more towards real world stuff in a sense. Like I really want to emphasize
1: real world espionage tactics and techniques. Mm-hmm. Uh and So you don't want, you're not you're not looking for yeah, you're not looking for uh yeah, you know, like Mission Impossible 2 you're more like Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy.
0: I'd like to do that. Yeah, I, that's that's one of my goals for. it. And Caleb's really good about that. I know people have mm-hmm. commented on that. But he he can be very crafty when he wants to be. Yes, he can. And we I want to get and so for me the challenge is the, the game rules for Nice Bike Age so far have sort of encouraged genre conventions like uh, uh, techno speak and you know uh, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, so, your characters are very competent in what they do, but they're not superhuman. Uh, but, you know, for me, my challenge is how do I get that real world side of it, that, which is kind of a genre, as you mentioned, a genre thing, that George Smiley kind mm-hmm. of like more. I don't want to do the James Bond Mission Impossible thing. Uh, you
1: want to do it like, t- by the way, if you have Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy, either the old one or the remake, awesome movies. Yeah.
0: Uh yeah yeah no no because what I really find interesting is the idea of using like getting you know informants you Mm -hmm. know uh, uh, infiltrating stuff going undercover these are things we don't really do in role playing games very much at least our group hasn't and I don't think we we large we
1: largely raid the armory and right it's more of the
0: techno thriller Tom Clancy kind of thing where mm -hmm. you're badass guys and you use spy gadgets to get the intel and then.
1: We're often like taking out the bad guys, not our job, but finding yeah. out all we can about him is.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. It's like in a Tom Clancy thing. The way to get information is using high tech gadgets and then raiding a place and capturing a guy, uh, in interrogating him with mm-hmm. enhanced te- interrogation techniques, obviously, yeah. uh, versus, uh, or killing everybody there, then grabbing documents and deciphering them, you know, decrypting mm-hmm. them. And that, and that's fine. You like document figure you figuring out, pi- uh, Piecing okay. the puzzles together. I'll just, you know,
1: the, yeah, it's, I'll just, it's the difference between actually. I'm using Mission, Mission Impossible One. Yeah. And Mission Impossible Two. Mission Impossible One was all about breaking into places, being yeah. unseen. You know, using you know, using encrypted communications. There were some action scenes, but it was mainly espionage. Right. Then John Woo directed the second one, Which and was well, action, yeah. then like then we had some espionage in there, but well, the, but then we made uh, Ethan Hunt a ninja.
0: Right. Well, well, the thing is, what I want to do though is more of the like you build up a cover identity, you go undercover mm-hmm. and get them to trust you, you know, mm-hmm. uh, or you find somebody who's there and you get, turn them into an asset. You, you either blackmail them or you get them to trust you. So they betray their friends. That's the, that's what real world spies do. And I think that's the, and then of course, then they're like, Oh shit, is somebody trying to kill me? You know, mm. is, is, is someone of my assets lying to me? And uh, like, I know that we're not doing it. There are rules for that to emphasize that kind of thing in nice by agent. We're doing a standard game right now. Cause I just kind of like, I don't want to get like, it's also this, is the, too first, paranoid it's, this is the first, first time it. we've
1: ever played. Yeah, this. Yeah, exactly.
0: So I kind of just want to introduce some of the common elements of like going undercover and then getting assets. You know, getting people to lo- you know portray their friends for your benefit uh, and that kind of thing. And so I want to introduce that in the game. And so for me, it's like, how do I get that in there? Because right now I'm fighting the game. The, the game rules are kind of neutral, but I'm fighting the genre because everybody's thinking Mission okay. Impossible too mm-hmm. and James Bond, the Daniel Craig stuff. You know, not. Uh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, mm-hmm. and so I that's think, the well, thing.
1: So I will actually say I think we, we we got a little little more into it in our heads when we realized, uh, you know, well, you everyone who knows about the game, I know I'm not, not going to be spoiling anything, but yeah. our first vampire, yeah, encounter. I think we were like by the end we we're like holy fuck how could he not be dead? We were, and the whole group was like this, like, no, he has to be dead. now." So I, th- yeah. I think that helped kind of like, all right, we're not going to be able to do this through uh, a yeah. force of arms. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's definitely going to be, uh, so, I mean, we've only done like one session. of we've it. We've only done one session of it. So I, I think, I think we will get into that when we once, if, cause you've, I think you have emphasized, you know, you're not going to be able to shoot your way out of this.
0: Yeah. Uh, that I mean, so that's the first step, and by making the van- it's like using a genre element, horror element, vampires, like because in game rules, that that's the thing is another thing is if you make the uh one one thing role playing games always have to do is limit their exposure to important antagonists mm-hmm. to the players because anytime players make even the briefest contact with an antagonist that they really want to die. That, 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 I have,
1: have I have, ex- the, games I have run. Yeah. Especially with this, group. Just like, I've seen that happen so much. There's many times. the
0: evil emperor overhead. He's walking around on parade. You're, you're in the crowd below. I take out my sniper rifle, shoot him in the head. You know, I take like, out my son of a bitch. You know, yeah. Natural 20. I spent all my moxie on it. Fuck you. He's dead. You know, game <laughs> over. Like they Players love well, short circuiting. Take that, that Minjapa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, they love taking shortcuts like that. And so you get, that's the thing that all games kind of have to do, uh, or most role playing games, which is definitely not a genre convention of any genre. Mm-hmm. Like you always like. Any any kind of adventure or action thing or, you know, name it, fantasy, horror, uh, sci-fi, whatever. You always want the protagonist and antagonist talking to each other. You always want them interacting with each other. Because yeah,
1: like, yeah, like, that's it's, drama. Like the scene from Heat yeah. when De Niro and Pacino are it's just in that coffee shop.
0: Yeah, exactly. You would never have that in a role-playing game. No. Because they'd be like,
1: I shoot the other guy. Like, why? There was
0: no way you wouldn't. Like, it would take a really mature players, yeah. amazing players to, like, Suppress the killing instinct,
1: or like you know Hans Gruber and John (laughs) McClane. Yeah, exactly. Good goddamn. Well, well, that that, did go into a firefight. That did
0: go, and that was the whole point. The player didn't know if he was the like he was a bad bad guy or not. Mm -hmm. So, but once the players know like they're a bad guy, those bad guys just fucking melt away. Mm -hmm. You know, they 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 just die. It's like. Uh, you know, uh, grandparents. When you're freshman in college, for some reason, they always seem to pass away when you're a freshman. Or you know, I've because you notice that, like, oh, my homework's not due because I had to go to my grandmother's funeral. At mm-hmm. the, maybe, maybe that was just uh, so, uh, uh, something.
1: Now, not, I've uh, heard it didn't happen to me, but I know yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah.
0: They, a lot of people, they, their grandparents seem to just, oh, yeah, they're dead. I can't do my homework. Maybe that, maybe that's just a personal thing uh, that I've known. Maybe I'm just crazy, but. Clearly. Yeah, clearly. So that's a, in one way the games always have to have to take precedence over the actual genre because you can't because it's very hard to pull that off in, uh, in, in games, otherwise because players are just like they're practical. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, be, people talk, we talk about player logic a lot, and like, ah, oh,
1: players are so crazy. Why do they do that? Because crazy that will, usually, the crazy thing's the practical thing to do.
0: But, yeah, but they're fucking, they're, they will, they know what they want, and they will do whatever they want to, they will do whatever they have to to get it. Fuck everything else, you know? Like, we have to kill a bad guy, we'll kill that bad guy. You know, we'll set the city on fire, and like,
1: well, we'll break into Charlie Chaplin's party. And- <laughs> oh
0: God! Yeah, they're fucking, they're 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 absolutely obsessed. And, and
1: if you look, and when you actually give them consequences for it in game, you sometimes you can just see them like, why is this happening? I, yeah, it's
0: like a dog who's like,
1: you, you dog
0: shit all over the carpet. You know, <laughs> tore up all the couch and everything else. You come home eight hours later, and you're like, you're angry at the dog. And the dog's like, what? what? I don't even understand that yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, they don't even remember, they, it's just, there's no, there's no connection between the two uh, uh, as far as they're concerned. So, and the game sort of teaches them that way because mm-hmm. I mean, it's just about the mechanics. Get in what you want, you know? And it it, it is a challenge. So, you know, I don't know, what have you had uh, kind of challenges, things you want to do? As I was like, yeah,
1: uh, like, well, like I've said, like, I can't think of a number of times, like, I always, because I think it's cool scenes, like having the, PCs meet the villain. Yeah. And it almost always just ends up in a fight. In a, ends up in a fight. Yeah. And oftentimes to avoid derailing the game if I don't just quit it, I have to have the the villain either do a GM fiat of just escaping, yeah, or I have to really emphasize you can't kill him right now. <laughs> he's like or in the case of D&D like he's just going to slaughter you. Yeah. Or he's got like well, I I try like sometimes. Okay, he's got two bodyguards. No, that no. They just try to kill them at port No, <laughs> twelve bodyguards with him, all with tack vests, body armor, and M six. Yeah. And even then, finally, I have to kind of like find it me where the players would actually start to think, no, oh, that might be kind of a challenge. And
0: but then it goes the other way around. Then mm-hmm. it's like, why wouldn't the villain just kill the players if they're mm-hmm. if he realizes they're enemies? If he's that powerful, why isn't he just kind of like? you know, zap
1: him with well, like, his or then him. You can always, like, always break out like, well, he's so arrogant in his power. Well, but that's kind but of, that, crush, but that, that's you know? kind of much, but sometimes I've had to do that once or twice just yeah. because like, Jesus fucking Christ. Okay. No, did, put your gun, put your guns and swords and missiles away.
0: Yeah. So it, it, it's, it's a challenge of one way or the other, uh, to try and Actually, get
1: like one that comes, yeah. that stands out in my mind, the, uh, my, uh, I teenage mutant, my TMNT two Judgment Day Gerps game. Yeah, I tried to actually have the you know the T eight hundred show up at one point you know, yeah. earlier in the game, just, and everyone like I can't. I, it's been so long. I can't remember if I actually did that and realized no, they're just they've, they're heavily armed right now. They're going to try to take them out. Yeah. Or I I can't remember if I actually had it happen or to stop, but it was the same reason. Yeah. Is like n- no 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 they're going to no they'd open fire the moment they saw him.
0: Yeah no and we would uh so i mean these are just a couple elements uh, or examples of how uh games you know don't always translate into to genre or reality mm-hmm. very well and so it's kind of you have to kind of adapt your stuff to try and get that same thing uh and that that process of adaptation is very kind of finicky and nuanced and based on the individual groups i mean with our players what i really want to do is just basically um you know, for Night's Black Ages, just make it very convenient and very attractive to just like try and recruit assets to, mm-hmm. to tell you secrets or go undercover. Because otherwise, I mean, you, you, I've already established at the first point vampires are really fucking hard to kill. So, and you don't know who, who's a vampire and who isn't because yeah. they can walk around in daylight. You know that. So uh, you don't know what they're and, weak against, and, uh,
1: and we fought one. Never yeah. mind if like two or three show up, right? Exactly.
0: Uh, so you don't know what they can do, and you don't know what their weaknesses. You don't know anything other than they they drink blood. They they can, and they're really hard to kill. Uh, yeah. So that's that's a problem, and uh, so your your characters, so you'll you'll hopefully be motivated to do that uh, in one way. Uh, but other than that, I can give you handouts and access to documents like, hey, these are useful techniques to in mm-hmm. real world stuff um, and try and give you hints in the game because Gumshoe's really good about that. Yeah,
1: I kind of think in that case, it might be good for you just as you know advice to kind of direct us in that direction for a couple of a couple of uh, you know yeah. scenes. And then I think the more we play the game and we've done that, like, oh, this is kind of what we're supposed to do in this yeah. game. But if we get a little more used to it. Yeah. I mean, sometime, yeah, sometimes the GM does kind of have to push you along. But depending on the group, you only have to do it once or twice in the beginning. And then players stay on the tr- st- will stay on the path. Yeah. Um, Other times you have to take them by, the, by a, get a leash <laughs> on them and drag them along with you. I like no, no! Don't look at the targets over there. No, put your gun down.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So that—that's my challenge. Um, I mean, for you, you're doing your Pathfinder. We'll talk about this more in the Mm -hmm. anecdote section. Uh, and for you in in the uh, uh, Pathfinder campaign, I mean, what are you trying to get across? Is it just a sandbox campaign? Just like, what do you guys want to do? Well, it's I don't know. You uh, tell me.
1: I'm basically breaking it. I'm breaking it up into what kind of what fourth ed does. You know, heroic, paragon, and epic. Yeah. And presenting you a series of like, a series of challenges and things to overcome, all based around this city. Yeah, and like you know, I, like so heroic stuff. It's going to be dealing with stuff inside the city, like right. internal threats. Paragon will be, and then now you got some very serious external threats that you're going to have to figure out how to either you know, how to help or hinder. And then epic, it's going to be outside, but then like way the fuck outside, like other realm type type stuff. Yeah. So it's essentially you know going you know. My my goal, what I'm going for, is like a fantasy where you know you you have you you know your guy starting just doing errands for people, yeah. and you end up basically doing you're doing errands for the movers and shakers, right? And then at the end, you are the movers and shakers. Okay, and basically, it's going going on that journey. So that's so that's what your goal is, trying to mm-hmm. do that kind of
0: rags to riches GTA kind of thing. Yeah. So all right, Not, I mean that sounds fair. Uh, I mean, and it's very much a game focused world where people are aware – uh, generally what kind of things pe- characters can do and can't do mm-hmm. you know their magic and spells and class abilities and racial abilities and that yeah. kind of thing so you don't really have you know specific hurdles are you That's-
1: oh yeah I've got, I've got some specific okay. stuff but I'm actually um I'm taking a cue from you like what you did and just no. I'm basically I'm going to have like like I'm going to throw some hurdles in front of you but then present you know a half a dozen different ways you could go about it yeah you know like, you know, if you want to like you, you could have like there's like well you could do this you could talk to this group there's also like three or four other groups that could help you do the same thing yeah essentially okay. I'm leaving it I want to leave it to was open ended sandbox open ended sandbox
0: stuff. okay well we'll see how that how that turns out indeed um, so I think that kind of uh, summarizes uh, some thoughts on Murphy's rules and the disconnect between yeah you're, reality, you're always yeah, I, genre, I think you're always gonna rules. find stuff like that oh yeah no and that, and that's part of the joy of gaming or oh yeah disconnects
1: it's like I, yeah that's why it's why I've been doing it for. Close to like over 26, <laughs> 27 years now. Uh,
0: right. So, uh, if you have any questions about this, uh, post them on the forums Facebook group. Uh, we, I have been, uh, for those of you who have emailed me, I try to email you back when I, as soon as mm. I can. Sometimes I forget. I'm sorry I get a lot of email. Uh, so those, He does. Uh, it's, it's crazy. Yes. It's Cray Cray. It's Cray Cray. Yeah. So, <laughs> wow. We both went there. And, well, it's pretty obvious. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, we, uh, so just hang in there but if it's on a forum or message board and then the other RPPR fans can can see it uh, especially with advice we did get a letter that I will try and read in the anecdote section but that's just a heads up for all of you guys so keep on sending emailing us uh, I'm sorry uh, in advance yeah, we, are, I can't we are reading, we are reading we are reading
1: yeah, we listening. are
0: we are reading we are listening so um, anyways next up Tom has a letter I do and then we have shout outs and then we have anecdotes so stay about. tuned yeah, all right
1: If I may be honest with myself, I positively adore cinematic death and destruction. I have watched people be shot, stabbed, beheaded, dismembered, eviscerated, envenomed, and devoured since I could watch movies and comprehend what was going on. I have adored such movies for decades. And when that option became available in video game form, I was sucked right in. It started with The 7th Guest, went on with Doom, Splatterhouse, and later The 11th Hour. Silent Hill for the original PlayStation really allowed me to appreciate video game horror and gore. I am the same way with destruction. I love disaster movies as well as giant monster movies. Watching big cities and famous landmarks crumble under a monster's foot or under under a 10, put in, ten point infinity super earthquake sends a thrill through me that is better than any drug. All this you know. What you might not know is that I also get a thrill out of the exact opposite of that. There are some video games that thrill me that involve living and creating. And the one that started it all was the SimCity game for the Super NES in 1991. I was still addled with slasher movies and violent games, and along comes this gem of a game that that altered my perceptions. Granted, the first month of playing the game, I was unleashing cinematic destruction in all the pre-made cities, which if I remember correctly included Detroit, Tokyo, Bern, Rio de Janeiro, Boston, San Francisco, and after those were completed, Las Vegas and then Freedom, the land map with no water. I wrecked those cities with a passion that had no equal. And then an amazing thing happened. I decided to give building cities a try. It was amazing. I loved the process of building them as much as wrecking them. I spent years playing that game, building dozens and dozens of cities. Incidentally, I never got to a city that that had the level of megalopolis with 500,000 people. Even using map number 62, which has the most space. Still haven't done it. Then, of course, came the other games. I loved SimCity 2000 with the funny newspaper articles in-game and the expanded transportation system. SimCity 3000 came later, and it was even better. Poppable real-world landmarks and expanded rewards made me very, very happy. SimCity 4 was even better, it's like with, with this buildings that seemed to build themselves each time. It seemed that each game was an improvement on the last. Then SimCity Societies came along. What a piece of shit. It was like baby's first SimCity with all the strategy and fun taken out of it. It was such a huge disappointment. It nearly turned me off to the whole franchise. But then I went back to the old Super NES version, and I found the magic was still alive. What is the purpose of this letter? Simple. The newest SimCity game is out March 5th, three days from the writing of this letter. I will get to see if they have overcome the unfortunate step backward that Societies was, or if it is another huge pile of shit. Either way, it will be another celebration of all things not violent and destructive that makes me happy. Proof that I can take pleasure from a pristine, custom-built city the same way I can with a blasted Ingmar Bergman hellscape of destruction. Happy SimCity Day, everyone.
0: And we're back. That's a good letter there, Tom. Thank you. Want to talk about those? I, was, I mean, it's not, they're not totally creative and just. No, it's, you know. There's, there's giant it, monsters.
1: Well, it's Bowser in this one. And he, it's Bowser on two wheels, I've yeah. noticed. It, that was kind of weird. Though, fun fact when you're actually doing the Boston scenario, which is a nuclear meltdown, yeah. I've discovered you can actually, as, soon as just as soon as the game starts, hold the L button, which pauses the game, uh-huh. bulldoze all three nuclear power plants in the city, let the button go, and then rebuild them. The nuclear meltdown never happens. Take that.
0: Take that, Al Qaeda.
1: Yeah. All right, uh, very good. So uh, we. And by the way, I'd also say if anyone actually got to a megalopolis level, and you know, on that game, please let me know how you did it. I still not even on map. I said map number sixty-two, which is has the least water of any of them. Yeah. I still cannot freaking do it.
0: I gotcha. The... Seriously,
1: seriously. You have if you have tips, tell me. <laughs>
0: Uh, We, uh, so yeah, I'm sure uh, you haven't looked it up on Game Facts or something like that, but.
1: No. Well, I have, but it's. I I think I want someone who's actually really done it.
0: Okay. Fair enough. Uh, So, listeners, you have a challenge out there. Uh, Next up, we have shout outs. Uh, Indeed. So, first, I'll go up first. Uh, One which uh, should be no surprise to people uh, if you've been listening to the actual play podcast The Quiet Year, uh, which is a map making game. Uh, that I sponsor is our first crowdfunded game. We've had it on the site, uh, on the AP site, although the, I've sponsored several other Kickstarters. This one was on Indiegogo because the guy's Canadian. Yeah. Uh, and it's basically you you, you, and up to four, three other people, four players total, uh, sit down and create a map of this post apocalyptic community. Then you describe what happens to it over the course of a year. Uh, there's a, uh actual play of it on the podcast. You can listen and sign what it likes. And uh, there's a PDF of the map we made uh that you can download take a look and see what it looks like at the end and it's just a really fun game and tom aaron and drew and i will have to play it sometime or just maybe tom yeah. and aaron and i um uh, because you guys need to play it too i can too. bring dan yeah we could bring bring dan and uh yeah, fuzzy
1: dan might be coming back
0: yes uh so those of you who are big fans of the dark spiral aura uh, <laughs> how can you not be i can i can, I can maybe not be <laughs> well, so you just don't understand i don't understand i don't want to understand. Uh, it is evil and wrong. So anyways, that's a great game. Yeah. Uh so check it out. Uh and uh it's uh, very creative. And anyway. Uh Tom. Yeah.
1: Yep, I got one. Uh first, you know, my love of bad old older bad movies. I watched a truly a pr- true diehard clone released in the nineties called Cracker Jack, starring yeah. Thomas Ian Griffith, otherwise known as the guy that owned the Toxic Waste Dumping Company from The Karate Kid 3. I like that, Johnny. I like it a lot. Yeah, I'm going to use that.
0: <laughs> that guy. Yeah. I love the Riff for that. It's like, I wish I was enthusiastic about anything
1: because that guy's enthusiastic about evil. <laughs> I know. And it's, it's, I mean, I know a lot of people say So he's you know, the hero in this one. He's the hero in this one. And they're bad guys. They're terrorists. They're bad. Like Christopher I mean, Plummer's the head terrorist. I don't even know who
0: that is. The name sounds familiar.
1: Uh, yeah, but I mean, it is it is such a diehard clone. I mean, Right down to the barefoot, the wa- broken glass. No, no. There's all kinds of. No, they have a scene of all kinds of broken glass. They make yeah. it. They make a, make a point to show that. Yeah. But that he doesn't walk on it. But it shows that the glass doesn't affect him. Oh. So he's much better than John McClane. God damn. And th- they have. They have. You know, the bad guy that we, whose name we know. Then we have his named, he- you know, his henchman who ha- also has blonde hair. Yeah. Like uh, Alexander Godunov from yeah, Die yeah. Hard. <laughs> Of course, and they're trapped in a pla and they're trapped in an enclosed place, and they're there, and the terrorists are actually thieves, yeah, it is such a diehard clone, nice, and it it's is it on d v
0: d is it uh, yeah
1: it's on yeah, it's on d v d yeah <laughs> it but well, just wow, just wow, You sound a little
0: regretful it's like i'm 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 telling you this, I'm not sure no it be
1: it's, I want people to see this since now they can watch it and not pay money, most yeah. likely. Okay. I'm sure there are ways to do this.
0: Yeah, I'm sure there's a huge pirate demand for Cracker Jack. I'm sure Pirate Bay's all over that, Tom. I'm sure mm-hmm. they've got like a you know, ten thousand people seating it. Oh pot Cracker Jack for you, for you, for <laughs> everyone. Uh, so You don't know. I don't know. I'm assuming I'm guessing. <laughs> when uh, you
1: assume you make an ass of you and me, yes, Ross. Yes, Tom. Boom. Yes.
0: Uh, next up, uh, I have been on an Android, I, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't want to, I, I have nothing against iOS, I'm just cheap, so, he is. uh, my, my phone is a droid, and, uh, I actually, um, so I found out about this new software called, well, it's not new, but it's, it's new to me, hey, called Cam Scanner, and it's really badass, and, uh, it's free if you have a .edu email address, or $5 if you don't. Uh, And there's a free version, but it adds a watermark to it. And what it does is you take a picture of a document with your phone. You know, you just point it down and take a, you know, just lay flat. And then it, it figures out where the edges of that document are and then flattens it out and does some other things and makes it into a PDF. You can then save on your phone or email to yourself or email to friends, which is fucking amazing because what I'm going to do, uh, is make PDFs of all the character sheets for all our games from now on. Oh, yeah. So that's going to be fucking amazing, like, and especially in games like Better Angels, where character sheets change every session, we can go back, oh, here it is, session one, here's what you had, and then uh, I'll have it, of course, as PDF for you guys. Uh, when we uh, do a campaign, I'll upload the character sheets, so you can take a look at what the players are. Nice. Player very on. nice. So, uh, I've already used it uh, for the quiet year, the map I use, I use CamScanner for that, and it's just very fast, very convenient, and holy shit, that's a really good idea, getting documents just by taking pictures with your phone. Uh, that's, I mean, that's like, that's useful. That's, yeah. Anyways, uh, so that's my one of my. So nice. you had another one.
1: I got another one. Uh, another
0: bit, bit of classic cinema. From yeah. Nineties.
1: Yeah. Well, actually, it's uh, well, we we watch it on a riff tracks. Thank Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's, I can't imagine watching this thing without riff tracks. I can. Yeah. I don't know. Like, does anyone like remember the nineties? Yeah. You remember Vanilla Ice? Yeah. Of course you do. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember he had a movie of his own (laughs) called Cool as Ice? Yeah. Which was, you know, it was a movie that, you know, it wasn't as good as TMNT Secret of the Ooze, where he played himself. Well, of course not. No. Yeah. Would go with, you know, ninja rap. Yeah. But it's him, I can't even really. Remember much of the plot. And it's a I, I, love story, Tom. Of course, it's a love story. Trouble without a cause. Only you know with the only no he's eyes. got. Only, and he's a motor. They're on motorcycles. Of course, he's got and a he, tripping motorcycle. And he pretends to be this old couple's nephew, I think. <laughs> and he falls in love with this you know this sweet girl whose father is very protective of her and doesn't like him because he's bad and a bad yep. influence. And oh, there are also mobsters. Yeah. No, no, the corrupt police officers. Well, corrupt police officers, because
0: the girl's father testified against them and is now in federal <laughs> witness protection. Yeah, so that's a thing. Yeah, but then he goes on TV, which is how out about
1: it. Apparently, and Vanilla Ice is just this, you know, like like I just go where the wind takes me. I don't, yeah. I don't have a job. But he seems to, he has different clothes in every single scene he's in. No,
0: it's actually he only has the one thing. It just look, it's so out, it it. It's so chaotic, it's like a basilisk hack for your mind. (laughs) Uh, Like, so you can't perceive it the same way twice, and every scene it appears (laughs) different simply because your brain lacks the capability to process it.
1: And and this thing it has all the old early '90s things, you know, the douchebag, the night neon you know, the, the, you clothing, you know, yeah, the douche, you know, the douchebag boyfriend that the girl's obviously going to dump. Fair, in that's paper not him.
0: '90s exclusive. That was pretty. You no, know, I'm to say, but it's
1: got it's got all those. It's got all the things you can. It, imagine. it has
0: all the things. It ha- and it's riffs. So yeah, well, thank
1: God for that. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, Tim, it's basically Vanilla Ice the, he, just looking bored. Really,
0: all the- really, all you need to know to get a sense of what this movie is like is to just type in Google cool as ice movie and go to Google image search and see what the poster looks like.
1: That, yeah, that,
0: that really kind of summarize. That's actually a really good poster because it accurately tells you what this content, what this, well, movie what you are like, about to watch, what you are about to see. And I'm not going to describe it to you. I'm not even going to yeah, give you a I would
1: say vanilla ice just looks like, yeah, I'm in a movie. Hey, he's like, I'm vanilla ice. Yeah.
0: And I'm going to go great. sing.
1: I'm sit. I'm going to go sit because music at this place sucks. I'm going to oh. go sing up here and show you what music is. Yeah. Hey, like, I think you're really. I think you're cool all on your own. Yeah, you know it's like your old man's just holding you back. Yeah, that's a great
0: Vanilla Ice impression, Tom. I, you should shave know, your should head t- should, and go on the road. Shave
1: one of your eyebrows and you know rip off other people's songs. Uh, oh man, Harsh. Just, just out of nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I loved. Yeah, I loved Ice Ice
0: Baby when it was under pressure. Oh man, uh-huh. so so critical. Uh, so uh, I'm so crit crit. You are. Next up, uh, uh, going back on the Android thing, uh, I bought a tablet. I bought a Nexus 7. You did? Uh, <laughs> thank you for confirming that. I, I have I to. wasn't sure that people would believe me that I bought a thing. You are a monster, Ross. <laughs> but I did. I bought the thing. <laughs> and I've been using it uh, to read uh, PDFs at the game. So I've uh, so got like the Eclipse Phase books and the Knights Black Agents uh, and Better Angels and that kind of thing. It's been very useful and it's a good tablet and it's got you know uh, I've been playing and I've been playing games on it I'm going to be straight up um not like all the time but just you know useful distractions uh so yeah it's a good tablet uh I would not you know I'm sure the iPads are great but iPads cost a lot more money
1: They do and yes,
0: yes. I kind of basically what I found out is there are uh USB cables that let you plug uh into a, a Nexus 7 and then you can connect another USB device to it. So I found out I can actually, for my video camera, I can uh plug that into, then I can download uh video clips from my camera and then play them on the tablet. So I can, like in the field when I'm shooting this web series, my plan is to actually review the footage on my tablet so I don't have to go back, you know, or lug my laptop around and see, make sure I got the good shots and you know that sure kind of thing so that's uh that's the thing. thing yeah uh you Yeah th- i
1: got another one uh back to Rift tracks again yeah currently the people the guys doing Rift tracks are doing a kickstarter yeah they're trying to raise uh i think it was like fifty thousand dollars so they could get the, they've already made that i don't so. well, that's what the goal was fifty thousand to get the license to do a live well, no
0: they don't know how much it's going to cost they're basically well, their goal t- well their minimum goal yeah they've 50. already made that so that does it well
1: oh, and it's but it's to do uh to get the so they could do uh a live rift tracks on uh twilight right they're up to 200,000 or more
0: yeah so basically the the idea is there's not a set amount they didn't they haven't talked to the studio that has uh, Twilight uh, right now, but what they're going to do is they're going to take all the money they raise and just dump it in front of them and say, "Please let us do riff tracks of that." And if that doesn't work, they'll go. They have a whole list of riff tracksable movies, yeah. that they will do, and they'll just go down the line until they find one that they can get they can afford. So they're just going to take all the money they get, and they'll, they'll they'll get the license to some movie and do that, and it will be worthy. Yeah. So uh,
1: that, that's I'm going to donate to this one.
0: Yeah, because you, get, you be- get a lot of shorts too. I kind of yeah. want to do it because they have like one of the one of the rewards is like a riff tracks of a 1902 silent film, and it's the Man to the Moon. Like the, the I
1: remember, yeah, I've seen. Yeah,
0: everyone's seen it because it's the one where the rocket shoots into the moon, and the, and moon's it's the guy's has face and, face and it goes the his eye. Uh, yeah, and he's kind of mildly perturbed about that. And it's a. I just want to see that. That sounds pretty awesome. Uh, so yeah. That's that's a worthy Rift tracks. Yeah. Um. I, I'm, next, I'm just going to mention all the games I've been I've I've tried out on my Nexus Seven. Uh, one is Army of Darkness Defense, uh, which is a. Uh, kind of a tower defense thing it's a side scrolling game where it's army of darkness it's licensed so you get all the sound clips and stuff like that but basically you go through waves of deadites that are trying to get the necronomicon and then you're your ash and you can move left and right and you automatically fight the the deadites you also have special abilities like your shotgun or you can call down arrows you get two abilities out of like six that you can eventually unlock um and you can level those up and the thing is you can't fight off all the deadites by yourself. So the blacksmith's building up points, he gets all the, and then you spend those points to get units. So like, he's getting like one unit, you know, one point per second. And then at five points, you can get a peasant mm-hmm. or at 10 points. You can get a sword man, you know, or at 30, you get an armored guard and you get better units and then, you, or you can upgrade the smithy itself and then it'll pump out points faster. And so that's the basic game. And, it's very addictive, very just fun to get into. Play for a wave or two and then quit. So it's a good little fun, and it's free. Uh, sure. So even better, yeah. And it's on iOS too, so it's a free game. Uh, it's one of those things where you can buy like currency in the game to advance your. If you don't want to like, like the thing is, if you fail a wave, you just have to do that wave over again. You get a little money, so you just ha- like you. A lot of times, you just have to upgrade your shit, you know, your castle and your soldiers or whatever, in order until you can beat the wave. And, uh, so if you want to shortcut that, you can spend money on it. So, but otherwise cool. it's free. Uh, anyways, two other games, Knights of pen and paper. Um, I think this has been mentioned before. I didn't see it on the, on the, uh, on our site though, listed as a formal link. And basically it's a game where you, it's a role playing game where you're going around fighting monsters, doing quests, that kind of thing, leveling up your guys. But you're also playing a role playing game. It's a game within a game. Nice. So like when you choose, like you don't get a fighter, you get your little brother as a fighter or the jock is a fighter or the pizza guy as a fighter or the, uh, <laughs> your grandmother as a fighter or, you know, so there's like eight different play- 10 or 12 different player types and, uh, six or eight different character classes. And when you start, you have to unlock some of them and, you kind of just go around doing quests and then eventually you, you fight, you know, more and more monsters and reality and you can get, like if you get pizza, you get a bonus to critical hits for 20 minutes or something like that. It makes sense to me. Yeah. Well, obviously. So it's, it's $2 for the base game. You can spend, again, spend money to get more gold in the game where you can just kill monsters, and get gold to level up your shit. Uh, so that's really fun. And, yeah. uh, then, uh, the last game is called Cthulhu: the wasted land, which is now for everything like PC, uh droid mac ios and it's a turn-based strategy game where you're fighting the Cthulhu mythos in World War 1 the trenches of World War mm-hmm. 1 so you like you have british soldiers and an american scholar fighting nazi german or not nazi uh, uh, zombie
1: imperial germans
0: yeah imperial germans and Zombie Imperial Germans and Cultist Imperial Germans. Okay. So I've the Android port, I'm sorry to say, is kinda wonky. Like the controls aren't super mm. good, which kinda sucks. So I might just buy it again for PC because it's like five bucks. Sure. So uh, and
1: I got one more. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's actually on the uh, the Escapist website. Yeah. One of their one of their videos. Yeah. It's actually called Real Physics, like yeah. R E E L Physics. Yeah. And it's these two uh, it's essentially these series of videos. I think there's about ten or eleven of them right now. Where these two uh, physics experts go over scenes from movies to actually uh, <laughs> see if they, these scenes could actually happen in I'm talking reality. About the
0: difference between genre and reality, I gotcha.
1: And you know, like, I, like they did. Like, the first one they did was the uh, you know the tank drop from the A Team. Yeah. And uh, it's one of the surprisingly. Oh, said, the
0: remake, the recent one. Yeah,
1: you know, like they're using it. You know, first they use the tank cannon to steer them while they're free yeah. falling. And the thing is, what surprised me is they said no, all that shit is. Totally within the realm of physics. Yeah, you know they also they also did like you know the Avengers Helicarrier. Could those engines of that size really lift an aircraft carrier? Or yeah, and a lot of them are. I mean, and they these guys are really uh, like expert physics guys. Yeah, so they really test all of them, and the ones that and I love it when they see like you know the ones that you no know, no this could never ever happen. I'm more impressed by the ones they actually find out are possible. I gotcha. So it's a really good series a really good series of videos on the escapist website. You should really give it a watch. Okay. Uh, two more app things uh-huh. uh what kind of
0: uh one is uh well the first one's the app is i've started jogging uh i found and there's gonna be i'm there's gonna be a huge surprise for you guys the reason i've been motivated to start jogging is this uh there's a running app that like tells you how to like it's a 5k to couch kind of thing couch to 5k i'm sorry mm-hmm. uh a training program but it's called zombie uh-huh. run I'm now calm down, Tom. I know this is a shock surprise, but I like zombies. I'm uh-huh. an zombies. And so what it does is you, you put in your, you, you put it on your smartphone and smartphone tracks, how far you're moving, you know, either through GPS or the accelerometer meter and you'll hear a voice. All right. All right. We're going to start running. We're in this zombie town. You're going to be our runner. You're going to go to the spot. We got to train first. And so okay, I want you to walk. Okay. Now run, now walk, now run. You go back and forth and they start building you up. And what, they do that's very clever is uh they that well i mean aside from that uh so they're building you up for that and then they also uh like play music in between mm-hmm. so you're so it's been very good it's like ha i can do this i know what to do and uh so that's very cool and then the other thing is aside from music, i've been listening to podcasts now uh, i found a good app called beyond podcast and or beyond pod and I found I haven't listened I have so I, you know normally I work at home most of the time so I don't listen I listen to music while I'm writing not podcasts cuz that would confuse but uh, now that I'm jogging now in uh, that kind of thing I've been listening to podcasts more I've been listening to how did this get made uh, I don't. Know, I don't know if we mentioned this podcast. It's a. It's a movie. Uh, it's a podcast about movies and talk about how did this bad movie get made. Oh yeah. And they've done a couple episodes that you should listen to. They've even done one that you really need to listen to, Tom. Which is the one about Punisher Warzone.
1: <laughs> yes,
0: I must. I, no, I, no, 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 Tom. I'm not done because they have the director of the movie explain how did this get made. She explains how this got made and. And as another special guest, Patton Oswalt. Nice. They talk about the movie and what went wrong with it. And uh, the main hosts are – Well, before
1: I leave today, you will be giving me that link.
0: Okay. Yeah, of course.
1: I'm not waiting. When soon... <laughs>
0: <laughs> so how did this get made? Uh, I've listened. I've only listened to a couple episodes so far. That, The Odd Life of Timothy Green, which had Tim Heidecker uh, guest starring in. Uh, then one on The Wild Wild West, which is pretty interesting. Uh, Kevin Smith was in that one. Uh, nice. Talking about that, and uh, it, it, then um, Anaconda. They're talking uh, the. Uh, I've been listening to that in bits and pieces, so that's a good podcast. And then Beyond Pod uh, and Zombie Run. So yeah, yeah. those are my old oh money.
1: oh Anaconda. Yeah, because uh, it's perfectly proven that anacondas can go can travel at ninety miles per hour. I think is it Anaconda or Anaconda Two? There's there's one Anaconda movie that
0: like there's one thing that's totally fucked up. It's not even related to anacondas. What? They're going okay. They're going up the river. They're in a boat and they're going up the river. <laughs> they're going upstream, upriver. Right? Mm-hmm. There's a fucking waterfall.
1: That's the second one. Yeah. That's okay. The that's the second. second one. You know what I'm talking like, about? Like, Anaconda's Two: The Blood Orchid. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I David and I we went to watch that at the palace and it was beautiful because it was like seven of us all there to see a bad movie. Yeah. But like
0: more popcorn was thrown at the screen. I, if, you, if you don't catch it, think about it. the water's going upstream and. And, uh, that, and there's a waterfall. There's a waterfall upstream. Think, think about that for a second. That's, that's some M. Escher bullshit right there. Yeah. That's that's just just damn, Ross. That is cray okay. cray.
1: All right, make your sand check. You'll make it.
0: I, I think I failed it right <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, you did. So. Uh, those are our shout-outs, uh, for, so we, yeah. we're going on the anecdote section. Well, actually, first off, let's do the listener letter, since okay. I forgot. This was actually from – this should have been from last episode. All right, I well. totally forgot, and I'm I'm sorry, Scott, from Canada, because you have a .ca email address. Uh, um, International listeners. Yes, thank you. Uh, you guys are awesome listening to us in Midwestern America's <laughs> Living a flyer over country, America. I uh, just want to throw that in there. Uh, hi guys. Hey guys. Uh, I'm a long time listener of the show and a recent first time GM. Listening to actual, to the actual play feed has been enjoyable as well as educational. And I wanted to thank you for all the effort you put in the show. You're welcome. You're quite welcome, dude. Uh, I did have a question if you have a sec. Uh, it doesn't have to be for the podcast, but I was genuinely curious about it, uh, for a while. Uh, what are your thoughts on using skill rolls that are made without informing the player whether the skill roll succeeded or failed? For example, asking the players to make a listen check call Cthulhu with a hidden penalty or bonus, giving them a description of what they hear, innocuous or malicious, without their knowledge of whether they succeed or not. Or alternately asking players what their listen skill is, making the roll in secret, and telling the player what they hear without indicating success or failure. I love the skill system in role-playing games, but find it a little unsatisfying when a player says I made my spot hidden check. Tell me what I see. Can you describe situation where this works and where this doesn't how important is it for the player to explicitly know that their role was a success thanks and keep up the great work uh and oh and final question awesome hd camera what make a model? did you get more videos please good luck with raillery uh so i I'll, can
1: i actually yes i have an answer for that already. okay um and on. in fact i'm going to use a uh, i'm going to use a system in a game that i have long said doesn't work yeah it was actually an after the bomb game Ooh, from palladium yeah and in the case, the skill that was in, in, involved was demolitions. Like the, the play, I, I was with the, I, I was running it, yeah. And the players were essentially, you know, they were breaking into this Empire of Humanity, you know, slave camp, yeah. And to do the distraction, to set the whole thing off, I had to have a guy sneak in to set explosives on this fuel dump, yeah. To, uh, you know, to you know, blow that and start the distraction. So, I I, 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 but essentially, I, told him to make the roll. I said, "Now it's going to be." And he says, "Go ahead and make a roll." And uh, and it's going to have a penalty. Like I'm not going to tell you what the penalty is. And he he does it. And but he do, uh, he he makes the roll to set them. But then he has to leave, and he doesn't know. I mean, because when he hits that detonator, he doesn't know if he succeeded or not. Yeah. And if he if he if they don't blow up, the whole raid can't go on until they actually make it explode. Right. So that was a moment when uh, I actually they got a little tense. Like okay, like everything's all set. Like all right, push the detonator. <laughs> and he like, he, he did make it, but they were like – all of them were just kind of leaning in a little closer. I think you, know, like, you can totally do that.
0: I think, yeah, in, in, in cases where it actually matters, like uh, where the, when the character doesn't get feedback, you know, the demolitions, mm-hmm. uh, also sense motive checks, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, listen percept, – perceptive checks, really, uh, or things with a delay. And I think it should – it shouldn't be used all the time because it would slow down the game you know uh, on, I, I think on a when, it's like, when it's like
1: dramatically appropriate when it's
0: dramatically appropriate i think it's totally fine uh to do that it's it's uh having a light touch uh, you know having having the right touch and the play. don't Tell the players like just say, or you can you tell the player you know very don't make it the same thing all the time. Like it's another hidden jack, blah 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 blah. But you are like all right, what's your demolition? Sometimes like so the next time your guy made a demolition check, just say what's your demolition skill and then roll for him mm-hmm. and not tell him the results. That way he's still uncertain. He's like, Ugh, you, you know, even more uncertain about mm. it. So I think the changing, varying the procedure and only doing it at yeah. dramatic. Oh, shit.
1: Appro- I, if I may use another palladium example, yeah. It was actually a uh, it was a, it was a heroes game I was I was not running I was I was playing. Yeah. And the GM did something amazing. I thought. Yeah. It was we were we were trying to uh it was it was a heroes unlimited yeah. we were, and we but we were trying to you know we were trying to get close you know t- you know to get close to this guy. I forget the actual details but one of us one of our the characters ha- uh, had like the skill the uh, power shape change. Yeah. So he just it was but he used it to disguise himself and go back to we know that this Criminal we're looking for always eats at this time at this restaurant, and he always orders the same thing. So, the the the, you know the GM essentially did that. He said, "Okay, uh, like make a cooking check because he had the cooking skill." But then the GM made it, so you don't know if you've actually made it correctly for this guy. And if you don't, and he realizes it's not made the way he wants, something's up. It's a little mundane skill like cooking. Yeah, you could do that with if if it's dramatically appropriate.
0: Yeah. I think mean, that's a good point. Um so
1: a good GM and a good player I think can, I think in general really it should be done them. yeah no I, I
0: think in general though it should be done more when the player character is isolated mm-hmm. like the, if everyone's all, all together and you're having people make these kind of checks when they're all together is yeah. kind of annoying.
1: Like in case of like going undercover right. Often like the guy that's undercover his backup can't they can't burst into the room if things go south. Right. Um but you know if
0: if everybody's um watching you know negotiating with this guy just tell them if they make their sense motive check or not you know mm-hmm. uh if it's one player talking to the old guy maybe not i don't know i think i mean it's definitely a valid technique you've hit on upon it and i don't see anything wrong with it
1: not at uh, all none
0: so uh and sometimes you want to do it not to create tension but to give players an out like like you get in getting called cthulhu you want to make sure they get rolls so like what's your spot hidden and oh it's 50 percent. you roll ninety-eight yeah uh, you find the book all right here's here's your clue. you' rolled well because you just want to move the game along you mm. know you want to make sure they get the right clues that they can have a chance of interpreting so uh yeah, uh, the other question uh I have a canon x a ten uh h d camera. So it is, uh, you know, HG. It's it's pretty baller. It is. We can totally uh, I'll put a night- link on it too. We can
1: totally do night vision.
0: We can do to- as you know from the RPP or Dread. So, and when we do the uh, uh, web series, you'll you'll take a look at that. Uh, so yeah, so that's our listener letter. Uh, mm-hmm. Now let's talk about the anecdotes.
1: All right, uh, as we said, yeah, there are currently three campaigns that have just started. We've literally started. only
0: done one session of each one at this point. So uh, we'll,
1: let's start. We, have, we already know what Ross's is. Uh, yeah, it's Knights. called
0: Tribes of Tokyo. It's a Knights Black Agents uh, campaign. It's vampires in Tokyo. Uh, players are all uh, – work for a private security company that then shit went wrong. And they go
1: south. Yeah. South Pacific. <laughs> yeah. So
0: what I – like just to give you a sense though, uh, uh, the players um, – When things go south immediately, the first time, the first player, uh, David's with one NPC and the NPC is going to interview an informant uh, by himself. David's there to make sure the informant, if the informant tries to run away, he's supposed to catch her. Because he, he the, mm. the the NPC is like, well, she's kind of she's a junkie and she might run away and she's paranoid. Yeah, yeah she's paranoid. So try just try and catch her. Uh, so David's away from the NPC and things are silent for a little too long. David goes in the check. Uh The the NPC he was with uh, the NPC's been jumped by vampire. You know, blood. You know, although he doesn't know he's a vampire, but he does know he's throat's been ripped out. You know, the vampire's sucked his blood. Blah blah blah. Uh, so shit's gone bad. So the players, everyone converges on the spot and. Everyone's chasing him. Aaron's, of course, playing the otaku hacker techie Mm -hmm. type. And the the vampires demonstrating superhuman abilities already. And, you know, spider climbing and shit like that. And people are, oh, shit, what the fuck's going on? Uh, he, so he starts, the vampire starts climbing up the side of a building and Aaron, everyone else is like, get in the cars. We'll follow him. He, we put it, you know, they, they get a tracking device on him. Mm-hmm. Caleb gets a tracking device on him. Nice job, Caleb. Yeah. Fuck, Cause he's really fucking clever when it comes to shit like that. And what I love though, is that Aaron's like, I'm going to chase after vampire. You're on foot. Yeah. I'll go to the fire escape on the other side of the building. Run up. I'm like, uh, okay. All right. Make your athletic. I make it. Okay, you're up on the roof. You don't see any. Make your make a make a uh a sense trouble check. uh I didn't make that. Okay, I guess he's right behind you. And so the vampire's like, at this point, Aaron went off by the vampire who he know he saw could climb walls and was superhumanly strong. And I'm just like, wow, oh, wow, holy shit, Aaron. Good job. I guess. Are you gonna try to arrest the shoggoth in another? Yeah. I guess so. Aaron survived because I wasn't going to kill him right off the bat, and the guy and the vampire just wanted to get away. Just wanted to know who was going on. Wanted to get out of you know. Didn't want to mm. make a scene. Uh, so uh, Aaron lived, but I was like, "Holy shit!" So that's yeah. the anecdote from that. That's nice. just a little sample yeah. uh, of that. And the second campaign is well is Caleb's campaign. We'll talk about that after. We'll talk about your campaign
1: next. Okay, like mine is I'm running Pathfinder. I think the working title is Secrets of Cepheus. Yeah. Which is the city that um, it's primarily taking place in? It's essentially it's uh, like you know, it's a city, kind of like uh, away from the borders of the main empire. Yeah, and I'm I'm toying with the idea of having you know, like Ross has said, hey, if you want to make it in the old world of the new world world, yeah, go ahead and do that. I'm yeah. thinking I might do that, <laughs> and uh, it's essentially a city. Obviously,
0: that, this takes place before the campaign yeah. ends yeah. of the new world,
1: <laughs> but you know, it's a, the, it's a city. The city of Sefeas is a city that. Welcomes creatures, no, all any creature that wants to be, become a citizen. Yeah. So it's you know, like two percent of the population are are the standard races. Yeah. All the rest are anything else you can imagine. All having lived like you can live here and be safe from adventurers trying to kill you, but you have to obey the laws of the city. And so it, it kind of, it works for the most part. But uh, Aaron, Aaron's playing a Warforged in this, a Warforged gunslinger. Yeah, with you know, goes pathfinder. cool pathfinder, pathfinder, cool, and um, so not to give away anything, you know, what happens until it's real, you know, you actually hear the episode. But it needs to say, the players have found plot and are following plot. Yeah, and a it, guy at a bar hired us to yeah. do a thing. Yes, well, classic. Yeah, but of course this person is shady, and we don't know. If, obviously not on the up yeah, and yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. So Aaron just he his character refuses to go along with it. Yeah. In fact, he says, "No, I'm going to go report this to the authorities." And <laughs> yeah. so he does so. All the other players go and of course they're ambushed. They have the you know the combat. <laughs> yeah. Aaron shows up late too. Yeah. And then, you know, they so they you know the, the players and through some challenges, they finally subdue all the thieves. Yeah. Ross, uh I encourage when this comes out, you know, take note of what Ross does cuz it's wonderful. <laughs> It's like it's like Bartleby at a young age. Uh I'm just playing a bard. Just, just playing, playing a, bard, a happy yeah.
0: bard chaotic Totally happy bard.
1: bard. Yeah. But of course when then like now there's like more than a half a dozen bodies littering this area and you know Aaron went went to the authorities and told them that there's some shit like all right well we have to go and look into it. Yeah. So he's he's there and of course right you know nearby behind him were some city guards. Yeah. So most uh, just about everyone, you know most of the group decide, oh shit, it's like, cops, flee, and disappear. Yeah. Aaron stays behind. Yeah. And, uh, well, I should also mention that they have thoroughly looted the bodies of all the guys that attacked. Yeah. And so Aaron, like, says, like, what happened here? It says, like, and, he, and Aaron's giving a completely truthful description of what he knows. Yeah. Which is not everything. And says, and it says, it's like, he says, like, this guy, like, well, he's like, does this guy, these guys are stabbed. This guy has a hole in his head, like, oh yes, I shot him with this gun that I have built into my arm. Yeah. Who uh and by the way, Ross had looted him, so had taken his armor and his weapon. So all they see is an unarmored, unarmed body <laughs> with a big hole in his head and this and the Warforge just admitted, Oh yes, I shot him because he was threatening my friends. Yeah. But he has no weapon. Yeah. So Aaron had Aaron got basically arrested for that. Yeah. Then of course other things happened that caused him to you know cause that fixed that. But it was the whole yeah. group was just it was it was there was a little bit of chuckling going on at that. It,
0: it, it, a good time was had by all. Uh, oh totally totally. So uh, the last campaign is Caleb's Better Angels. Campaign, Finally off the ground. Uh, spared and the spoiled. Mm-hmm. And your character, holy shit, his backstory. Well, as
1: I'll course. say, as I recall, uh, when. When uh, Caleb was describing, okay, you know the demons. You know, he's like, yeah. okay, here's what the demons experience. Yeah, and the one that was inhabiting me, and then and because and you, like, and like you inhabit this new body, and looking into his soul, you realize you hit the demonic jackpot with this one. No,
0: you're 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 a total Frank Miller Sin City character. Yeah, yeah I mean, you're like, and you're not like the good one. You're the one. Who's yeah, I, got, I, I'm not. Be, I'm not.
1: Yeah, I'm not. You know, you're not quite the yellow. I'm bastard. not hard again.
0: No, you're not. I'm Marv. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> you're not even Marv. Like you're 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 not. No, you're you're gonna be someone more fights later on. Yeah, like, <laughs> uh, that that's what's gonna be your character. Because holy shit! Uh, but
1: yeah, you can go on the forum the the forum for it. Yeah, you, well, my, my
0: backstory is there. this the, yeah, uh, and some other things. I'll I'll try and post my uh, backstory. Uh, I've been. Working on the books, so I haven't written up my busy, backstory. busy, busy, busy. Um, I can't remember if any Aaron's done anything in particular, uh extreme in that game or the other, but no, uh, I know it's it's been a fun game. Uh, we, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, it's it, it it was fun, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. So
1: indeed, it's we got so three. This is actually my first running a campaign for our yeah. PPR. So I've run a lot of one shots and or one or. One, two, or three shots, but never a full campaign. This is my first one. So we'll, uh, so, course, we're gonna have so much material. We,
0: we have, of course, you know, the back end, we're finishing up No Evil, <laughs> which was done last year, <laughs> and New York 80, which was done last year. And then we still haven't even started with the Iron Heroes campaign, uh, which is done. We've, like, this is the first time we've done a campaign with it was completely done before I even posted the first episode. So we, have, I'm releasing six episodes a month. Okay. To be fair, I'm releasing one every five days, uh, am trying to. So, We'll get him uh, out there. Yeah, we'll get him out there. We're we're slowly beginning to catch up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But we love you, fans. Oh, God. We love
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh,
0: so this has been RPBR episode 84. Murphy rules. Uh, I'm Ross Payton. I'm Tom Church. Window. Yes. Wait,
1: just, I'm Tom Church. Yeah. All right. All right and, uh, that felt natural. We'll
0: uh, we'll
2: catch, catch you next guys. time.
0: Yep.